This week in league, finally, we have a winner for our Fuck Off Tom competition, the NRL itself. Well done, you get a t-shirt. The Melbourne Storm have been sold to a consortium of jet ski riding Kiwis for an undisclosed sum spread across two sets of contracts. Hey you guys, how about Adam Blair? We preview all of the action for round 11 of the 2013 NRL season. All that more this week in League. Welcome to episode 121 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. And this episode is brought to you by Blackcurrant Soothers, Cold and Flu Tablets, and Snot Rags. So why those things? I didn't get the impression that you were sick, that's all. You didn't? Yeah. Well, I've got a nasty case of tiger's endocleinitis. Really? And, or, and, you know, as, 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 which is a, uh, a disease that's closely related to AIDS, it's just called TIDS. TIDS. It's got about the same sort of incubation period as well, because think about it, I mean, what the tiger's endocleinitis thing's been going on for about, what, seven years, so... Yeah, <laughs> just as fatal, but okay. Um, now last week we had uh, some tweets from at Footy Facts Thirty Seven, uh, the Cogger facts we were talking about. Yeah, you know, the time yes. because we were talking about Trevor Cogger the week before. So um, he's taking the ball and run, and uh, he sent us a few tweets. And uh, you mentioned uh, Stan Presley, and he's actually giving us some enlightening facts about Stan Presley. Yes, <laughs> mostly which he didn't do fuck all and barely played a game. But he didn't play many games. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing we used to do is um is get to games fairly early. Yep. And watch all three grades, under twenty yep. threes as it used to be then uh Reggie's. And that's probably why you 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 seem more attached to him because you probably saw a lot of him playing in the Reggie's. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean there was a lot of you know, a lot of years and a lot yeah. of yeah. nights went gone without dinner and sustenance living in Ed's have gone by since those days and um Cold night pulling up your uh your doona made out of yesterday's newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and not a broadsheet newspaper either. It's like a local rag, MacArthur Advertiser or Chronicle or whatever the fuck it's called. So he said the first one, he said, oh, thanks for the shout out, boys. And I mentioned, you know, because he's footy facts 37. I said, what is about, you know, what happened to the first 36? <laughs> and he said, he said, the 36 prototype footy fact accounts all had irredeemable design issues. <laughs> uh, now, Stan Presley played 18 games in his five seasons at the top, scoring two tries. One of those, only one of those, was for Wes. And that, and, and that was the one that you were talking about, yeah. would have been where, when your dad was like, say, you know, wouldn't accept that he'd done something. And as it turns out, as these Presley facts came to light, it turned out your dad was spot on, really. As as he normally was when it came to football. Um, even when he was, I you know, obviously a lot of the memories that I have of Presley do relate to reserve grade, and dad would still be giving it to him. Yeah, yeah, true. I'll tell you one... Um, Dad was never a big Jason Taylor fan. I don't think I've mentioned that before on the show. Yeah, that's one of his finest qualities, in my opinion, too. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember one time where uh, Jason Taylor was he's becoming a bit of a media darling, and then they were start, starting to make a bit of a push for him as one of the uh, premier halfbacks running around at the time. Yeah. And um, Warren Ryan dropped him to reserve grade, and there was a big hullabaloo, which was not something normally happened around West. They were normally forgotten by the media. Um, and there was a big hullabaloo about it. Noel Goldthorpe was promoted to first grade. Yeah, yeah. And um, mystifying years, those mystifying. <laughs> and um, I've got another story about Noel Goldthorpe. I'll tell you about. Um, so Jason Taylor's running around reserve grade, and uh, Dad 
makes his way over from Campbelltown Tennis Club as he did. Um, I'd already made my way over to the game so I could catch the under-23s and stuff. And Dad used to come over at reserve grade or whatever. I was probably... I wasn't very old at the time. I was just floating around on my own with my yeah. own season ticket to West Games. Yeah. <laughs> Magnificent. Uh, Parenting 101. And he walks up the stairs just as Jason Taylor throws an intercept. He goes, tell you what, he may as well get that number 20 tattooed on his fucking back because I'll be <laughs> fucked if that, <laughs> should, that prick should ever play first grade again. Um, he wasn't at West much long after that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And uh, it turns out Noel Goldthorpe didn't play a great deal of first grade for the Magpies. He probably should have, though. I do remember him kicking three field goals in reserve grade, Jamie Soward style. Yeah, yeah an, absolute, an absolute prototype Jamie Soward there. Yeah. And he probably, you know, with his involvement in the the Dragons later on, that's probably where it came from. Yeah. You know, they've, they've shown all, you know, he went to an old boys day or something. Noel <laughs> Goldthorpe got in his ear and said, you know. Jamie, it's what you need to do. Can't score tries, field goals. You struggle over, you're good at the kids, but you struggled at, You struggled when you got into first grade with the, with the Chooks. I'm going to tell you the secret to first grade longevity. Field goals and fucking plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> and he never looked back and he somehow managed to jag a premiership in 2010. So that's the story of Jamie Sound. But um, Prezi played 18 games in five seasons at the top, scoring two tries. He didn't do a lot, so there aren't that many Prezi facts. He won seven, lost ten, and drew one of his 18 first grade appearances. Uh, then it got on to, you know, we're talking about, you know, players with winning percentages and losing percentages and stuff like that. And so he said, the player with the worst winning percentage, and our criteria was 100 games minimum, because obviously there's guys that, you know, might play once, you yeah. know, up in the first grade, you know, have a 100% loss record. But uh, the player with the worst winning percentage is Danny Peacock, who only won 23 out of 127 games for the Gold Coast, which is a percentage Let's not forget of, he also played for Western Suburbs, maybe yeah, was. 20.47%. Yes. So I think good. some of those facts are fudged because he played for the Magpies also. Yeah, but that's probably counted for us. I mean, he would have lost a lot of games at the Maggies too. Yeah, fucking hell. I dare say it would have reduced probably. the percentage. Yeah, well, no doubt about it. I remember Danny Peacock as a uh, curly-haired fullback, um, free-running, safe under the high ball, up until the time where he dislocated his hip right in front of our seats. Yeah. Albeit... We were on the second tier of the grandstand. It was only the single grandstand in those days at at Campbelltown. And um, poor bastard made a bit of a break and um, sprinting down. And you could hear the noise. You could hear the noise. You weren't sure what it was. And you could hear the screaming. <laughs> the amount of fucking pain. Oh, my God. It was horrible. And green whistles all around that day. <laughs> uh, and he did the same thing. I think he went from Western Suburbs to... Parramatta played yep. a little bit of time at Para, and we we're at Parramatta Stadium. Danny Peacock running down the wing gets tackled. Same thing. Yeah, I don't know if it was quite so bad the second time around, but he was badly hurt right in front of us. I was like, "Fuck! I should not watch Danny Peacock anymore." No, no, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, now, if we lower the minimum criteria to fifty games, the worst, and this is probably going to be the worst all round, is Adrian Voles, who won twelve games from seventy-nine for a percentage of fifteen point eight two percent winning record. Could you imagine how the fuck would you get yourself to training on the hard days and the cold wanna, winter days? Want to buy a vowel? No, but I'll give me left nut for a to win. win to, to, to play 79 times and win 12. You're like, what a miserable fucking career that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> he does. What did you do, Dad, when you were, you know, when you were growing up and, you know, what did you want to be? He's, he's like, should I, t- should I tell the kid? Should I tell the kid I played first grade for 12 wins out of 79? Didn't quite win one in five games, son. <laughs> That's, when you think about that, like one in five, people I mean, wouldn't call me a winner, son. They wouldn't call me a winner. What they'd call me was persistent. They'd call me was the guy that was there. 
<laughs> Some people called me Phil. I don't know why. <laughs> now, um, some other facts. He introduced some other facts as well. And I mean, this one really ties in nicely. Trevor Cogger has the 15th worst winning percentage of all time. You need to remember, Nathan, that Trevor Cogger... Played for West. <laughs> played for Western <laughs> Suburbs Magpies. And not only did he play for the Western Suburbs Magpies, it was only at the very tail end of his career where he played for a Magpie side that might win yeah. every once in a while under Warren Ryan, I think you'll find, uh, where they bought half a Canterbury team. And um, before that, he was playing at Lidcombe Oval. Yeah, like yeah. We were going to watch him at Lidcombe Oval running around, and he was like a fresh-faced, moustached, uh, mulleted, you know, God. Will of the Wisp <laughs> legend to be. Um, didn't win a lot of games, let me tell you. Um, do you remember the Gale brothers, Brett and Scott Gale? Scott Gale, I remember, not Brett Gale though. Brett Why Gale was his brother. You probably don't remember him because he played for West. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. You make, I remember you make watching. A lot of sense right now, I remember watching um, West uh, play Balmain one day, and um, <laughs> I remember saying to Dad, "Oh, Brett Gale." He's, there's another Gale playing for the Baum, for Balmain today, Dad. He goes, yeah, it's his brother. And I was like, oh, probably not as probably not you know as good as the guy that plays for West because I you know, in those days didn't know quite <laughs> how shit they were. I was a little kid. West players could play football. I was a little kid, and um, I remember Dad saying, oh. No, mate, his his brother's probably you know, he's probably you know he's different plays in different position. He's probably, you know, because um, old mate uh, Brett, sorry, was uh, was I think he was a back rower. Yeah. Whereas obviously um, Scott was a uh, half mm-hmm. and a fairly good one. Yeah. Fuck, he carved us up. <laughs> <laughs> I walked away. Going, I'm never gonna say another word about the Gale brothers ever again. <laughs> Don't bring up that fucking sap that plays for the Magpies and gets bashed every week. <laughs> Oh, those were hard times. And that's yeah. why, Nathan, I still rock up here in my Tigers jersey, wearing my Tigers jacket. Every week in your, in your Lance Armstrong jersey. Right. I mean, it like just, two-time loser jersey. It's I Lance Armstrong it. and it's West Tigers. <laughs> that's right. It's a cheat that doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Cronulla. Um, <laughs> and then finally, from while we're on the subject of, uh, of the random footy facts, tweeting us, um, said he went one step further and then extrapolated outside of current players the best winning percentage held by Danny Moore, who won 92 from 121 for a 77 Who was a player that made a lot out of fuck-all natural ability as a footballer. He was a hard-working... He was a a battler that played for a fantastic side. I mean, he was was an important cog in a fantastic side. Cogger, if you will. (laughs) He was a Cogger-style player, just without the naturally gifted talents. And unfortunately uh, for Trevor, probably wasn't surrounded with the quality teammate that D. Moore might have been throughout his career. Danny Moore was lucky enough to be surrounded by one of the greatest sides of all time. Could you imagine (laughs) if things had a, you know, if Trevor Cogger had walked into Brookvale Oval on the day that he walked into Lidcombe Oval? Yeah. How different his career could have been. There'd be a fucking statue of that motherfucker out there somewhere. Might have won the 95 and 97 grand finals as well. Probably not. He probably would have been retired. (laughs) Hey, we could have kept his... You imagine how badly a career West would age a man. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, you know, man, I mean, not 90s, 90s rugby league wouldn't have been anywhere near, you know, what we see today as rugby league. But I mean, I imagine that Manly would have been, you know, with the money, would have been one of the more professionally run or more benefits and, you know, potential sports science. Like I remember have, getting pumped regularly. They might, have supplied, they might have supplied ice to the players in the sheds after the games, you know. I remember going, technology to, like I remember that. going to Brookvale several times as a child and walking away. Ah, it's always next week, Dad. Yes, mate. <laughs> and the week after that. <laughs> Repeat times. <laughs> I can't remember how long seasons were back then. I remember the rounds. Like 24, was it? We used to play two full rounds. Yeah. You remember yeah. you used to have round one and round two yeah, that you just yeah. play each other twice. But fuck, I feel old talking about shit like that. Crazy, crazy. Um, we just had one. We had another tweet that uh, came in from App Scott at work, and he said, uh, "Listen, listen <laughs> you're tweeting at work, Scott." Yeah. He said, uh, listening to the podcast on Saturday, listening to the preview of the Tigs game, I had to put the power tools down, laughing that hard. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> sometimes so, you got to put your balls on the line, and sometimes. People take a power tool to them. <laughs> and I've got to say, this season, I mean, we're getting a lot more. I mean, like, we've always had people, you know, really jumping in and, and, and tweeting about games and stuff like that, which has been awesome, you know, for like the whole, you know, three years and going on four years now. But um, we've been getting a lot of like external feedback to other stuff that we talk about and stuff on the show, yeah. which is really interesting. Like, sometimes we get emails and stuff like that. So that, that stuff is uh, it's all appreciated. And um, yeah, keep it up. We, you know, we always um, respond. Favorably yeah. or otherwise, well, we always give you a response. <laughs> you yeah. might not like it. Usually, I'll be lo- I'll, I'll be loving it and laughing about it, and, and, and Glenn will call you unspeakable things. Well, well, generally, Nathan, it's people slagging me off. I mean, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Sit there and say thank you, sir. Thank you. Have another. Exactly. Thank you for the steaming pile of dog shit you've just handed me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, news. Now, I don't actually have the tweet in question in front of me at the moment, but we did get a tweet from uh, from old MMA Dave Mack, co-host of This Week in MMA, uh, another show I'm on. You can find him on Twitter at, uh, at I'm a fuckhead. And uh, he, he said something along the lines of, a shit listener hadn't listened in a while. And he said, I'll listen yeah. back and you still got that fucking ticking clock. Or, you know, that's paraphrasing I'll what he actually I listen to tweeted. every single episode of that MMA show. You know why? Because I like to support you blokes. <laughs> I like to. Oh, Nathan, he puts a lot of time and effort, a lot of hard work. Dave, not quite so much, but he's there. <laughs> he's there and he's talking. <laughs> and he's talking about stuff and he makes it sound like he knows what the fuck he's going on about. So I'll support the little Aussie battler. <laughs> Every week I tune in and I just listen away. And he, this, this is what we get in return. I mean, it's it's, it's disappointing. I'm not that. even angry. I'm just disappointed, Dave. I'm I'm disappointed that he'd say something like that too, but um. Last week's not episode, surprised though I bet no not at all but uh, last week's episode was a fucking cracker actually so you probably should listen to it um, good interview with uh, Dwayne Ludwig oh no I who heard was, it mate who oh, was, I listened to every episode he was clearly fucking stoned <laughs> <laughs> I mean it'd come out it'd come out in the previous week that he, he likes to you know smoke weed and then watch fight tape of his upcoming his fighters upcoming opponents and get like you know unique perspectives and stuff you know watching stoned you know jacked up on alpha brain and, and smoking weed and um as we all should be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for the weed part. Yeah, well, even that's fucking awesome. But um, he was clearly studying fight tape before that interview. <laughs> <laughs> in quotes, in, in studying, quotes, studying fight, fight, tape. fight tape. Yeah, uh, but we also had a tweet from uh, Fubar underscore eighty four. Gabe tweeted us and said, "Um, 
Would the ticking clock be better suited to Glenn's reviews and previews of Tigers matches? Hash gladiators in decline. Any comment? Zero comments. All right. So, um, this week, I mean, there's not that much short stuff, so the clock's going to be really short for you fucking haters. And this week, it'll be the, uh, back again, it's the uh, David McDonald Memorial, Memorial Timepiece. Memorial Timepiece. And uh, we'll start it now. And this is, I've got one thing. The Eels have released Telema Tautai to the Wakefield Trinity Wildcats, effective pretty much immediately. Really? What a fucking shattering effect that'll have on the rugby league landscape. I mean, he played an entire 72 games, and I can't fucking remember a single one of them. I can remember some errors. Yeah. That's about it. That's exactly. his lasting impression. Exactly. But it seems to be becoming a more um, more common thing now. I mean, like these early and immediate releases. I mean, you'll often hear of guys like, you know, in years gone Jacob by. Miller must be having trouble getting his visa. Well, he's or dead, maybe he's trying it? to find a fucking suitcase for his ego to take to Hull. Well, it's done and dusted, isn't it? Apparently, it's just visa uh, issues. He does what he has. Been. I thought he picked up the work visa. Like, wasn't it last week? And he's already he's Gonski or has he? I think so. He was formalised last week. I mean, we mentioned it on the show last week. What were you doing? Fucking sleeping. Oh look, I'm I'm trying to uh, put certain things about the Tigers to the very very back corners of my mind at the moment. Like yeah. every game they play. I'm surprised. Th- I'm surprised. That, you know, to hear that you know the, the Bulldogs haven't immediately released Tony Williams to go and play for fucking Castleford or somewhere. Bradford. Castle don't want him. Neither do Bradford. Oh, no one wants him. Maybe Japanese rugby or something. Jeez, he'd fucking carve up over there. Like Godzilla. All <laughs> 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 these little tiny Japanese dudes just getting stomped. Godzilla! Godzilla! No, mate. T-Rex. <laughs> I'm a yeah. fucking god over here. You remember it, bro. We're done. Main news. Big story. The Melbourne Storm have been sold. They were bought by a consortium um, headed by New Zealand entrepreneur Bart Campbell, and uh, they bought them on Monday night from News Limited. The other members of the consortium are Holding MS Australia, who's like not multiple sclerosis either, it's Melbourne Storm Australia, are expected to be announced at a function within a fortnight. Uh, there's been some rumours about who the other people are. There could be uh, local businessman Jerry Ryan and Matthew Tripp. They say uh, that the new chief executive, Mark, Evans said that uh, he wouldn't confirm that and said that's speculation, but he admitted the makeup of the consortium was Australasian with Melbourne businessmen involved. Asked how long he thought it would take for the club to break even financially, he said, I'd like to think within four to five years. He added the club would remain privately owned for the foreseeable future, but said the terms of the deal with News Limited were controversial, were confidential. The outgoing chief executive, Ron Gouchy, said the club's membership was just shy of 15,000 and the next aim for the storm was to boost it to 20,000. Uh, Gouchy and Evans would not speculate on how long it would take for that to happen. I'd like to think we could hit 20,000 before too much longer. We're on track to achieve that. Uh, but Evans plans to leave the playing side of the club alone as much as possible given their on-field strength, or lack thereof lately. It will be hard to imagine how you can make fundamental changes to the playing side of the business. He also spoke carefully when asked if the consortium would have considered buying the club, reconsidered buying the club, if Bellamy had not re-signed earlier this year. And he replied, we are very pleased when Craig re-signed. Another big priority for the Storm will be re-signing the Australian captain, Cameron Smith. I'll leave that up to the playing department, but I would guess it's fairly high priority for them. Wow. So, duh. What a bunch of fucking geniuses they sound like. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I would love to see the figures. There hasn't even been any speculated figures about... I'd love to see what the Storm would be worth on the open market. Considering <coughs> their perception to um, uneducated rugby league's followers, such as Kiwis, um, they could put stats together if they just erase the asterisks. 
that they were quite the dominant force. And they're quite successful, yeah. Over the last decade. And they'd, and they'd won a heap of stuff. Yeah. Not true, but... Well, it's not like Kiwis could get pull a rule book out. Well, no. Can't read yeah. Kiwis. Um, what about me getting slagged... Speaking of Kiwis, I know we're getting off track. What about me getting slagged off calling Benji Marshall the greatest Kiwi ever? Yeah, deserved. How dare you? He's clearly not even close. Even, even if I wasn't trolling you, he still wouldn't be in the top ten. Fucking please. Benji Marshall first. No. Edmund Hillary, distant second. No. What the fuck did Hillary ever do he's compared even, to Benji Marshall? He's not even in the top Benji ten. Benji Marshall climbed to the peak of the rugby league mountain, Nathan, which is makes fucking Everest look like a fucking anthill, quite frankly. And then he, got and he stayed there. Died. And he stayed there. You know, Hillary got there, probably got airlifted out because he was too much of a cat to walk back down. Benji Marshall stayed there. Froze to death and is currently still hurtling down. <laughs> As an ice cold, freezing cold <coughs> popsicle. What happens with this Melbourne Storm thing without being propped up by News Limited cash? Yeah. What happens when they're not, or if they aren't a viable proposition off the field? If they manage with the salary cap and stuff to keep the players together. But you still got sponsorship dollars, you still got memberships yep, yep, and all yep. the rest of it to, to factor in. Mm-hmm. What happens then? If there's no news limited dollars, like these guys are businessmen. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to pump money into something that, you know, isn't profitable. Well, you know, I mean, like with the Storm, I'd like to see him cunt punted out of the comp. Well, that's a bit harsh. I, I don't know about that. They've been terrible for rugby league, you know, bringing in disrepute for years. No, Premier's last year, Nathan, you might remember. Yeah, bringing in disrepute, though. Salary cap thing, the oh, cheatery. Fuck, Manly do that every grapple week. Grapple tackles, chicken fans. wings. Fucking. Manly's every, fans bring rugby every, leaf, rugby league, every, nay, every life in general into disrepute every week. Every, and they're still every, in the comp and you want to kick Melbourne out. Every innovation in regards to cheating, outright cheating or bending the rules has come from the Melbourne Storm. You don't need that kind of fucking except shadow pep, over the game. Except peptides. Well, yeah, well, it's more like sharkies. But still, it's not that the peptides became a thing like wrestling where it then became the thing that, you know, you had to do to combat, you know, the thing that the Storm started doing either. I don't think, you know, the, everyone's not smashing the peptides. It's not becoming an accepted part of rugby league. Well, we don't know. We haven't got the report yet. That's true. Asada. Still waiting. Fingers out, eh? But yeah, I'm, I, I, you know... It's the the storm story. I mean, it's, you know, it's great to see. On one hand, it's great to see another, you know, group of uh, News Limited removed from the game. Absolutely, I support that one hundred percent. Broncos should follow suit. And good on them for putting their their money forward and, and identifying it as a good business opportunity. And hopefully, it turns out that way. To be actual good business. And speaking of uh, bad business, Tom has been fucked off, and. Uh, Basically, the talk has been between uh, the Waterhouse and the NRL Commission for months, trying to get uh, a deal struck so he would become the gaming sponsor, but the deal fell through late last month. Reports that the deal between the NRL and the bookie were valued at $50 million for five years were described as wildly inaccurate. Um, the NRL's official <laughs> gaming sponsor secures signage rights and promotional opportunities for State of Origin games, the NRL final series, and all test matches involving the Kangaroos. Earlier this year, Waterhouse outbid Tabcorp to become the preferred bidder for an official sponsor title. But Glenn Muncy said the off-course betting giant was still keen to form a sponsorship alliance with the NRL. 
TAB has had a 15-year relationship with the NRL, and if the opportunity arose, we will look at it, Muncie said, but we would only do so if the deal was deemed commercially viable. Which would indicate that the money that Waterhouse was putting up probably wasn't commercially viable. Outrageously large, yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's been speculation the NRL was not keen to link with Waterhouse because the bookmaker has been the target of scorn over his appearances on Channel 9's league coverage. But NRL media boss John Brady last night moved to distance the NRL commission from any suggestions the move had anything to do with the Channel 9 furor or the bookie's involvement in the more joyous affair. This simply comes down to negotiating a tender with a potential client and not completing the deal, Brady said. Negotiations broke down on April 19, some eight days before the more joyous affair erupted. Um, the NRL Commission was considering the gaming sponsor category before making any future commitments. A source close to Waterhouse said he was prepared to sign a cheque for at least $20 million to secure the NRL sponsorship before the deal fell through. There's no other way of saying this, but the sponsorship deal was a bit of a hot potato, the source said. It's like the NRL felt uncomfortable having a wagering business as a sponsor. Either so, way, someone's going to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just going to be tab again like it was, you'd think. Yeah, that that doesn't seem accurate to me. Maybe the fact that it was Waterhouse, they may have felt uncomfortable with that. Yeah. And I know they're denying that, but um, if Tom Waterhouse wasn't Tom Waterhouse and he was, you know, some fucking affable, much-loved personality... Yeah. Probably would have went through, yeah? Well, this Why is... would they sign themselves up to a guy that is a very public face of his company yeah, um, and a very public face that people want to punch. Yeah, but the thing is, you've got to remember why people wanted to punch his face. I mean, he was kind of, you know, people didn't like him, but I don't think they really cared either way too much about him at the start of the season. But then he had those first couple of games where he was like, you know, especially the first time where he was like on the panel as like mm. a... Ex, you know, he's you know with Joey and you know guys like this talking about rugby league like he knows anything about it, and you can't you know you forget his original ad where he's like you know I don't know anything about yeah. rugby league. You know, I don't know how they make the plays. Yeah, I don't know how they make the plays. But I'm well. a rugby league expert. Look at me, I'm on the panel. Yeah, and then so he gets on the panel, and that was when it really fuck. That's when the whole fuck off the Tom thing started on Twitter. That's when it got huge. The MC Barbecue did his song, um, and it basically it, it shit got real. It shit, shit got real, and someone stabbed someone with a trident. Yeah, it escalated fast, and um, I don't think that if he if he hadn't have been like a panel member, and if he hadn't been just doing the Muncie thing, I don't think it would have been nearly as bad. Nearly. I mean, there still would have been some shit, but I don't he think would this have whole hash fu- this hash fuck off Tom thing wouldn't have exploded like it did. No way. You're probably right. Um, yeah, interesting. I I don't know that they're uncomfortable with a betting company being a sponsor of the NRL considering a betting company has been a sponsor of the NRL for 15 years. Yeah, exactly. That's, about, that's um, bullshit. And if he's... If they've failed negotiations with a, a guy that was willing to write a check on the spot for 20 mil... Yeah. Um, I'd say Tabcorp's probably going to pay somewhere in the vicinity of that sort of cash. I don't think they're going to lose too much. Yeah, maybe and not the, And the public, uh, the public backlash and the bad taste that... Uh, Waterhouse and his his involvement in the game has left um, in people's mouths is is probably gonna hopefully go away and they can just deal with uh, horseface and um, the midget. Yeah, the thing is, um, is well, this thing's blown up so massively the whole uh, Tom Waterhouse thing and fuck off Tom that it started to get politicians talking about regulating shit and yeah, like, that's how badly he's pissed people off. So um, I don't and like. You know, people used to say stuff about Muncie, but you know, if they were saying to you know for Muncie to fuck off, it's only because they wanted um, horse face. Mrs. Ed, 
yeah, Jamie Rogers to, to pop up there. Jamie, and, Jessica Parker. Yeah, um, yeah I, I've got no doubt. And I, you know, the the Waterhouse family is um, is connected, for better or worse, um, quite heavily in all, all walks of life. They do have some, some friends and enemies in, in fairly high places yep. through that family. Politicians, no exception. So... Um, Wherever they go, there's a bit of publicity and um, and money, and sometimes that works in their favour, and other times uh, people want to chop them down, and this is one of those cases. Yeah, good to see that he'll hopefully be completely off uh, Channel 9 game coverage. So I have to watch Channel 9 game coverage again. I don't know what effect it's going to have on his business, though. Well, I think on, his, on his business, I mean, you know, let's face it, I mean... I haven't... You know, how many people have a Tom Waterhouse betting account? How many people involved in the hash fuck-off Tom movement have a Tom Waterhouse account. Do they, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a shrewd gambler and he's offering good money, do you, you know, I'm one of those guys that wouldn't bet with him out of principle. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a degenerate gambler, third generation. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, there's probably other people, if he is given the best odds on X, Y, or Z, yeah. he's a cock. But if you can take him on big time. <laughs> <laughs> I took him on in one. I put this is before all the fuck off Tom. This is around like the Melbourne Cup last year. I put some money in there. Oh really? Because for some reason. Oh, so you've got a fuck off Tom account? Well, there's an account that exists. Wow. And what happens is I turned my what 100... a fucking hypocrite you turned out to be. Well, no. Listen to the story. No, I'd I rather turned... just get the the small amount of fact that I have at the moment. I turned and call my you a uh, fucking hypocrite. I turned my hundred dollar Melbourne Cup day uh, deposit into about $335 and um, I pulled the lot out because I'm not a degenerate gambler. I thought, fuck this, I've tripped my money. <laughs> That's good enough for me. I would have spent that 10 times over, don't you worry well, about then that. Well, I, then, I then I threw the 100 back into into a Centibet or a Luxbet account or whatever and uh, went from there. Yeah, so you've got a Luxbet account? Yeah, I do. And, and a fuck-off Tom account? Well, I, don't, I mean, I've, the fuck-off Tom account probably just saying, Just saying, I've only got one account. Yeah. So, degenerate. Well... I'm pointing the finger at you. You can point the finger at me, but uh, you have to realise that Luxbet was because of the punk club sponsorship. That's where we our oh yeah, that was where we rolled in. That's why that exists. Oh yeah, true. And the reason the Centibet one, and the only reason oh I you got a Centibet as well. Yeah, the only reason I had a Centibet account. Problem. The only reason I had a Centibet account was is because uh, when they came to sponsor Manly, they had a deal: deposit fifty dollars, bet it on something that's over two two dollar odds, and you get a free Manly jersey. And I'm like, so worst case scenario, I get a fifty dollar jersey. <laughs> Best case scenario. I roll that fifty dollars, a two dollar bet. I turn into at least a hundred bucks, and still get the manly jersey. So <laughs> that was a good fucking deal. And I believe I rolled a rolled into some horse, some some bet on t- on Twitter. It was about three $2. betting accounts. It was like you a, two, a two dollar thirty horse and one eight hundred gambling problem. <laughs> okay, tigers are still in decline. Yes, they but are. The, but the future of the tiger itself has been assured. Um, Tigers officials have called for ARL Commission boss John Grant and NRL CEO Dave Smith to advise them on the recent on the club's structure after the issue was raised at a recent meeting about developing a training centre at Campbelltown. With the resignation of Chief Executive Steve Humphreys on Saturday, adding to the rumours of infighting between the rival Western Suburbs and Balmain factions over control of the club, it is thought the ARLC may prefer an independent board around the Tigers, but even if West were due to gain a greater representation on the board due to their stronger financial position, Fairfax Media has been told 
that Magpies officials will have agreed uh, have agreed that the nickname of the NRL franchise will remain as the Tigers. While both clubs were founded in 1908, West Tigers chairman Mike Bailey said there were some fans who have only ever supported the joint venture. We've always been careful on both sides to ensure that we retain that contact with our grassroots clubs, but at the same time we know that time is marching on and there's a lot of allegiance these days to the West Tigers and not the foundation clubs. It's a matter of trying to look after all the various interests that we have, and I think we've done a pretty reasonable job on that front for what is now 14 seasons. We'll continue to have respect for that, but at the same time, if we need to make changes, it is up to us as a board to consider that. Well, I hope they keep the fucking logo, quite frankly, because I've got a tattooed on my back. <laughs> yeah. Have you got a Maggie? Huh? Well, I've given a lot of thought to having a magpie or having some magpie wings or fucking having some feathers or something for the old boy for a commemorative tattoo, which is coming up to five years this year and I've still done fuck all about it other than give it, you know, thought, mm. which counts for fuck all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, uh, on his jersey, the old school, not even the, the you know, traditional Western Suburbs magpie yeah. shield that you would have known from from watching them get smashed every week back yeah. in the 90s and 2000s. Um, there was an old school magpie shield that Dad wore on his jerseys when he was running around in the lower grades. Um, SG Ball, etc. For, for Western Suburbs. And it's fucking quite an old school. Yeah. I was going to get that shield. I just could never... I'm shocked that you haven't. Sorry? I'm shocked that you haven't had it done before now. Yeah, I know. It's um, it's something. It's that's one that I don't know. It's there's so many different variants and and ways you could go about it. I just haven't really settled on one, and it's you know, I don't really want to go marking my body for life until I'm 100 percent certain what I want. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there is you know, it is a variant of a magpie in some in in some way, shape, or form that will come about. But um, yeah, I. <sighs> I can see that the West are now becoming the the dominant party financially in the in the joint venture, but let's not forget that back in the day when they became a joint venture, that West were struggling. Yeah. Um, now, off the back of poker machine dollars, property investment, um, and other business ventures that they've been quite successful in, um, the West Club, uh, spe- specifically the one at Campbelltown, but also West Ashfield, um, are quite the uh, cashed up little franchise yeah um they've taken over the Campbelltown Tennis Club too if I'm not mistaken so that they've got that facility also um I I you know this bickering the club's been going 13 years yeah yeah this bickering and and fucking where Magpies and you guys are Balmain it's such bullshit it's happening now because the Magpies had no hand in the relationship and now they're getting some hand in the relationship. Yeah, like, <laughs> they're just, yeah, like a, a Westie that's won Lotto. Yeah, <laughs> cashed up Bogans. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're like Nathan Tinkler. Right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just waving their cash in, in other people's faces and I, I don't like it. I, don't, I think it's, you know, they're going bad enough off the field without this bullshit going on at board level. Hopefully they sort it out quickly. Um, but it is good that there is some assurance that they are going to be the West Tigers. I don't know that fans of, of the West Tigers or, or specifically people that have, have gen- been generated by way of, of Western Suburbs or Balmain are going to go and support yeah. another um, derivative of, of the club. You know, they, they're the West Tigers. That's exactly how they should be. Uh, long after my days are gone, and um, 
we'll probably still be playing Adam Blair's contract book when I die, which yeah. will probably be very soon if they don't win a fucking game shortly. <laughs> it's funny. That was a wonderful segue, actually, Adam Blair, because I want to talk about him next. Um, like you know, I've, I've had my different differences with Buzz Rothfield. In fact, I've you know I'm blocked on Twitter, I believe. But um, as you should be, as, uh, I mean, you are a fucking filthy troll. Well, this week we did. Yeah, we, we were talking about the epic blocked crew. <laughs> uh, on Twitter and, and comparing who's blocked us. Uh, as, as, as this week, obviously, there's a lot of Canterbury sides that have blocked me. Uh, uh, their official account, of course, um, Todd Greenberg. Um, but also North Queensland Cowboys this week for, for comments made in relation to Robert Louis blocked. Um, but anyway... Yeah, they must have a soft spot for uh, this week in league because they didn't block any of my... The, the, yeah, uh, you were saying podcasting. pretty much the same stuff as, as everyone else yeah, was saying. Yeah, it wasn't, re- wasn't really toned down. But... um. Anyway, old Buzz, the alcoholic hack journo, had an article, an opinion piece up. Is asking, he an alcoholic? Oh, he's got the, the red face, you know. The oh, puffy that's stuff. fucking hell. <laughs> allegedly. Assume, I assume he's allegedly. No one's calling him. Buzz Rothfield an alcoholic, because we no, know he'd no, be no, listening. It's no. probably where he gets most of his scoops from. Yeah. Now, is, he, he posted an article with the, you know, posing the interesting question, is Wes Tigers Adam Blair the NRL's worst signing ever? <laughs> and so what he said is he actually went he took it back to Super League it, not since a washed up old Balmain front row picked up $725,000 at the height of the Super League war have we seen a more overpaid player in Rugby League the terrible wow. the terrible form of $500,000 a year West Tigers forward Adam Blair brings back memories of the infamous Steve Edmed deal back in 1995 <laughs> there's a name from the past um the Balmain prop was paid $725,000 from John Rebo's Super League checkbook for what turned out to be just one year at the North Queensland Cowboys. Blair's form, or lack of it, has been one of the game's biggest NRL talking points in recent weeks. His 2013 statistics are shocking. Just one line break and 24 missed tackles in 10 games. The line break was against the Knights in round one, and he hasn't made one in the nine matches since. And so then we look at the stats from the Friday night's game, and uh, we'll get into the game itself later, but his stats are six missed tackles, Zero tackle bus, zero line breaks, and four runs for 34 metres in 72 minutes. It's disgraceful. <laughs> and, uh, and you mentioned we were speaking before the show, but yeah, the the, ta- the attempted tackle on Adam Reynolds, which is just disgraceful. Um, now, he, they're, they're on a training camp in Kiama this week, and um, and his manager, Wayne Cousins, was uh, requested you know, to yeah, talk to him, and he said, uh, tell him I'm not interested. That was the message. Um, his form has been so bad that there's been speculation the Tigers want to offload him to a rival club, even if it means paying part of his contract. They're already paying for three other former players at other clubs as part of this year's cap. So, um, what a fucking nightmare. And he goes on to say um, how shit he was. Can yeah, you imagine was. being that shit at your job? I had this discussion with my boss on the way to Toowoomba today, who's also a West Tigers fan. Um, could you imagine being that shit at your job? Yeah. But your work couldn't really sack you. But said we don't want you anymore. Yeah. But then they look, we'll take you. We'll, we've organised you another job at somewhere else. Yeah. And we're going to pay half your fucking salary. <laughs> and then the other mob says, oh, "Fuck that, we don't want him." <laughs> That's the situation the West Tigers are in with Adam Blair. Correct. No one wants him. They certainly don't want to take on his whole contract. They didn't want to take on half or or a third of it or two thirds of it. No. That's how bad this guy's going. Yeah. I mean, he's running out of time to be the revelation of the 2013 NRL season, Nathan, quite he's frankly. He's running out of, time, out of time to become the revelation of the 2012 NRL season where you actually called him. 2012, you called him? Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. He was going to be a revelation last year. And and such are my predictions. I mean, Lottie Takiri. 
can come close. It was the it? original revelation. Yeah, right. The one, the yeah, come the within original, a whisker. The original pick of revelation that yeah, you picked. Come yeah. within a whisker. Didn't really. Um, Adam Blair. Yeah. Not within a country fucking mile. No, not even close. close. Did I say Jacob Miller at the start of this year? It was him with hot sauce. Oh. Well, you're better off with hot sauce if Kiss you did. Kiss fucking death. At least hot sauce Lately. is playing. He's playing first grade. Between Adam Blair and, and Jacob Miller. <laughs> won't be that long neither of them be at the club anymore. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So this this is something I just wanted to question whether you knew this. But apart from paying ridiculous money for Blair, the Tigers' salary cap is an absolute mess. They're still paying for Gibbs, Hino and Ellis from their previous deals, which is hurting new coach Mick Potter as much as the injury crisis. Why is it that Gibbs and Hyington, that you know, the, the story with them was specifically Gibbs, was that he was offloaded to um, to make way for Blair. Yeah, Same with right. Fafita. Yeah. Um, but we're still paying some of his salary. Mm-hmm. How the fuck is that? And Gareth Ellis? Yeah. He oh, Now, no. the story that was trotted out was he wanted to go home. Yeah. Which in, in, entails him breaking his contract. And if the club agrees to that, why are they still paying part of it? Don't know. Tigers How does that work? In, because Tiger's in decline. It sounds like he was pushed, doesn't it? It does. It does. Like poor old Hino. Exactly. Oh, fuck. The whole situation's a mess. <laughs> Yeah, so um, anyway, that's a long preamble to the question that I want to put to people this week. Who is, I mean, we talked about, you know, who the top five buys of the year so far and the top five duds of the year so far. Who is the worst buy? Apart from Adam Blair. Ever. In, uh, in the history that you as a listener have lived through. Who is the worst buy ever? So people always trot out like, you know, I'll try to, you, you know, your poor carriage and stuff like that. We're talking about like the worst player. We're saying mm. the worst buyer. Like, so, you know, obviously there's some factors to take into consideration, like how much it cost to get this person on and what they delivered for the well, money. Well, Blair checks all the boxes. Oh, absolutely. Checks all he the was, boxes. He was... Highly touted. Highly touted. Highly paid. Highly paid. Zero delivery. That's that's pretty much the three boxes. That's the three boxes. Yeah. And uh, he's checked every single one of those. Yep, Exactly. So unwanted by anyone in there. That's the thing. Where the fuck does he go? Other than back to Melbourne, and and, and where Bellamy you would think that people would have, and Bellamy would be able to make a player out of him again. A higher a higher opinion of him yeah. than anyone else, right? Because that's where he's played his best. Yeah, New Zealand maybe. Really? They fucking hopeless. Fit right in. He might end up at. You know where he might end up. Where? You know who's assistant coach at the Broncos? Stephen Kearney. Uh, maybe got a high opinion of Adam Blair. Geez, that'd be funny. Maybe vice captain. That'd be the second best thing that to, that could happen to the Broncos, except if um Ashton Sins returned. Wow, Adam Blair to the Broncos. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay, uh, now we need to talk about a bit of suspension news. Uh, Kristen Inu's invented another one. Um, he's ha- he's accepted a two-game ban uh, for what is being called the uh, scorpion tackle, and it's basically like a it's almost like a calf slicer, you know, slash you know leg lock, and it, it doesn't does not look very good at all. No. Um, it, put it on James McManus. McManus made a bit of a break, veered back into the centre field. Christian had got him, grabbed his leg, kept going with it and sort of bent it down beside his, his thigh. Um, and now, I mean, you know, Christian Inu is getting a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a grub. I mean, he's just come back from a five-game suspension for the, the 
uh, the the send offable spear tackle on, on mm. uh, the complete the complete vertical spear tackle that he put on Inglis. Um, so now he's got another two weeks. So that's um you know. I always like, wondered what Chris Nininu smiles about when he's kicking goals. Smiles about ripping people's fucking legs off and spearing people's heads into the turf. Clearly, sticking knives in in, in prostitutes that he picks up on the side of the road and then, you know dissects them in his in his dungeon. And then now, now that psychopathic behaviour is starting to manifest itself on the football field. Fuck, that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking he's gone like a Dexter person personality. <laughs> I thought he was a bit of a grub. I'm not saying he's a fucking serial killer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, you can see it. You, oh, but, but we you need to stop talking. We s- need to stop talking about Chris Nunu. You see where I got being it from, a serial killer. <laughs> Why? Because you're scared he's going to kill you. He's got two weeks off. He Quite could, frankly, he could yes. He's got a bit of time on his hands. <laughs> he could duck up here, <laughs> knock you off, then head back home again. <laughs> but um, for some reason, Eastwood uh, was asked about it, and he's the, and he's you know the seems to be the spokesman for Captain Captain Snooze, or Captain Captain Murder. Um, <laughs> asking if his reputation was changing he said it would definitely appear that way if you know Chris personally he's not like that I guess if he gets two weeks it's going to ruin his reputation a little bit but he's a wonderful guy and he's definitely not dirty I guess it's tarnishing his reputation that to me sounds like someone who doesn't want to get murdered <laughs> fuck we need to stop the change topic he was a bit unlucky for the first one against Inglis Eastwoodstead and then the, re- regarding the McManus incident I thought it was a bit unlucky as well he's going to take you know he's just he's, he's in his slightly off camera and he's just sitting just sharpening a knife and just he's just he's sharpening a knife going what's going on Greg he's doing that just smile just going to cook bite. up some sausages he's doing he's doing his uh, he's, that's he, why I'm sharpening this knife here he's doing his goal kicking smile at the same time very though. fucking sharp Greg <laughs> And then Ennis, of all people, getting Ennis to support you, <laughs> yeah. said that uh, he's played footy in this competition for a long time. He's very experienced. He's an international player. He's had a couple of minor setbacks. The Greg Inglis tackle was just a tackle which went wrong. It wasn't deliberate. He paid his dues for that. Then on the weekend, just an unfortunate incident. No doubt he'll move forward. He's a quality player and a quality human being. You know, <laughs> you know what that sounds like, Nathan. <laughs> a guy doesn't want to get murdered. <laughs> I'm surprised guy. Ennis didn't come out and say, that's not a grub. This is a fucking grub. And um, and hold up a cardboard cut out of himself. He comes and says, he's a guy I really enjoy having in your team. He's great having around the club. <laughs> oh, who speaks like that? No one speaks like that normally. You know who speaks like that, Nathan? People who don't want to get murdered. I'm convinced. Caps. Okay, first game we'll go uh, of the two Friday night games. Brisbane Broncos, 32, pumped the Titans, 6. Uh, in front of a decent crowd, almost uh, 35,000 there at, at Lang Park. And um, the Broncos, well, their 32 came from tries to Josh Hoffman, Sam Thiday, Jack Reed, Lachlan Maranta. Four conversions out of four attempts to Corey Parker getting the kicking boots back. And the penalty goals, 100% there too, four from four. Josh Hoffman, I don't know who got man of the match on, on the TV coverage. I thought oh, it might have been Thorday, but yeah, maybe Parker though too. Right. Yeah, it was hard, it was hard to tell at the ground, but I thought Josh Hoffman should have been man of the match. Fuck, I thought he had a good game. He was heavily involved. He was on, on the wing. Yeah, um, had some great ones. Was good in defence as well. And this would have been, you know, you would have seen a lot of him too because you were actually at the ground as well. Yep. So yeah, you would have yep. seen 
Um, I'll tell you who also went well is the young replacement hooker that made his debut. Um, was it Jake Granville? Yeah, Granville. Granville. Yeah, Granville, yeah. yeah. He was, I mean, he had a rough start. Made a mistake with his first touch of the ball from dummy half. After that, fuck, you could see the, some of the big Titans forwards um, picking him out in the line, running straight at him, isolated. Yeah. And he just stopped them in their tracks every yeah. time. Tough little bugger. Um, full of energy. Come out full of running. Um, tackled his heart out. Put some good kicks in. Fucking hell. Thinking, where do they find some of these kids, the Broncos? Yeah. They just seem to roll through their system. There's less of the, 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 they seem to be coming less less frequent, but there's always like a good one a year kind of thing mm. that sort of unveil. I didn't actually get to finish with the Titans. Their six oh, points sorry, came from, that's right. It came from tries to David Mead and Aiden C's got a conversion on that one. Jeez, they had nothing. Yeah, they were really ordinary. The Titans they they had their tires pumped up in the media about being teachers' pets, um, <laughs> and they got absolutely fucking deflated in the first half. They really did, and and not through anything that the referees were doing wrong. I don't think the Titans gave the referees any chance. Uh, any choice, rather, but to blow 90% of the penalties they did. Yep. Um, some of the play. Dave Taylor was... He was like a man possessed with fucking stupidity. Yeah, so what do you reckon? Which I mean, is you know, not surprising the for Dave thing Taylor. Is people blowing up massively saying, oh, you know, if... Um you know, if fucking, uh, what's his face? Uh, if Leaders got sent off the week before, then, you know, then Taylor definitely should have been sent off. And you know, as English as I don't well, think any of... The, the look, I don't think any of his offences were as bad as letters. Yeah. Cumulatively, though. Yeah. You know, come the third one. Yeah. Which was, uh, I think it was the second or the third one, which was probably the worst. Yeah. That's probably time to go, mate. Yeah. You, okay. Have a rest, Before mate. you kill someone or yeah. yourself. Just settle down, man. Just settle um, down. He is, a, Dave Taylor, and I, I don't like to harp on the bloke, but he's more of a myth live, watching him live, than, yeah. than he is on TV. <laughs> um, on TV, when the camera's not on him, you don't realise exactly where he is, and then yeah. you see they'll call his name or whatever. When you can see quite graphically that he's when the ball's downfield and he's like walking back, hands on hips, he's only he's only been on a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. Then he has a run. Yeah. Then he's having a blowout on the wing. Yeah. And you can see all this. He's you can't hide. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not called the fat touchy for no reason. He had. The crowd were giving it to him too because after his um, the high shots he was carrying on with, and you you could tell he was full of aggression. Um, I don't know whether the pie shortage in the dressing room was was short. His his order, his fucking rider or whatever it is before he sits down in the dressing room hadn't been completed. Half a cup of lard was left off the order. Fuck, he was pissed off though. Yeah. And. So the crowd was giving it to him for that, and then obviously people started focusing on him, and he dropped the ball a couple of times, and they gave it to him a little bit more, and uh, and he tried to answer them, but he had one run, and then he was fucked, and yeah. then the ball went far down the other end of the field, and he was sort of strolling back, hoping, just hoping that the Broncos would make a break so he didn't have to walk back quite yeah. so far. <laughs> They'd run up past him. Um, yeah, if he makes origin, then Queensland are kidding themselves. He's, there's guys there that are going to have a fucking thousand bet, thousand times better dig than Dave Taylor will at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd be very surprised if he gets picked. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, a good performance from the Broncos, I thought. Um, yeah. The Titans were pretty ordinary and they probably gave up any chance of winning the game um, with their first half field discipline. Um, and the Broncos just kept piling on the points. They played with good 
good composure. They built pressure, um, and the Titans just couldn't go with them. And and Broncos won very com- comfortably in the end. Okay, so we'll go to uh, the Twitter guys for that game, and uh, Mup Mup twenty three Titans fan as well. The Titans just got schooled by our big brothers. We are not premiership contenders and never will be. Hash Broncos premiers twenty thirteen. Oh, you know nothing I hate more than a guy that turns on his club. Oh, and didn't he, he turn badly this week? As you'll see in upcoming tweets as well. Yeah, I mean, there's people like that. You know, they really should just be publicly stoned. So uh, not Ma- in a good way. Mad Dog underscore no space said, uh, I'm not normally one for gloating, but I fucking love when we school the Titans. Hash Titans still in decline. Hash Mup is a dirty perv. Hash <laughs> shit cunts. <laughs> they make me a sandwich. You know something's wrong when the Titans penalty count is as much as the Tigers points. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to get to that very shortly. Uh, Hammers, H4MMERZ. The GC Titans, he, he tweeted this to the Titans too, and he's a Titans fan. The, the GC Titans were fucking awful. Lucky not to be playing with 11 in the first half. If we think we can win the lot, hash dreaming. He then followed up and said, uh, the Broncos schooled the GC Titans in how to play derby footy. Took all the shit and shoved it down our throats. Hash amateurs. He took it pretty hard, eh? Yeah. Matoz, 1991, said... If only Dave Taylor showed similar intent on his hit-ups as his repeated headhunter shots. Hash fuckhead, hash NRL, hash Broncos. And uh, Amy Lee finished up by saying, Dave Taylor is better at eating pies and hitting people high than he is at playing rugby league. Hash, I'd rather Joffrey. Jesus. Tough call. So, this is the moment you've been dreading. South Sydney Rabbitohs, 54, defeated the West Tigers, 10. Crowd of just under 20,000 out there at... um, What's his face? Shitsville. And let's go through the and let's go through the list. <laughs> Where was it at again? It was just a, what's his face? Allianz. Was it Allianz or was it the other one? Yeah, I, can't I, remember. I think it, I think it was at Allianz because it didn't look empty as, as it would have been otherwise. But uh, Rabbitohs fifty four points. Fucking fifty four. Can you believe it? Tries: Nathan Merritt, Adam Reynolds, Dylan Walker, Bo Champion, George Burgess, Sam Burgess, and Greg Inglis. Not one. Not two. Not even a hat-trick. Four fucking tries for Greg Inglis. Okay, conversions. Seven of nine for Adam Reynolds. Bryson Goodwin had a crack and missed. The West Tigers, ten. Tries to Kurabedi and Liam Fulton. Sirenen, one of two conversions. What do you have to say about this? Is Inglis the best player in the world at the moment? No. Nah. <laughs> he was very fortunate. In, but his, his tries, were, his tries were, were mostly... Just you know, at the end of a, at the end of a, a movement that fucked the tigers up, and he just happened to be the last guy on the, on the chain. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I'm not. I wouldn't say that Greg Inglis absolutely destroyed the tigers single-handedly. No. I think there are other people who did a far better job of destroying, them, like Adam Reynolds, for example. I mean, you know, these you know guys like that, you know, destroyed the tigers. I mean, Inglis was just fortunate enough. This wasn't. I don't think this was a real destructive performance for him. It was just Johnny on the spot to be the guy that scored the try at the end of that destruction. I can I can forgive the result in the fact that the Tigers lost the game, but I I can't forgive the scoreline. It's it's going beyond. Robbie's spoken the last couple of weeks about having pride in the jersey, and he spoke to the young boys yeah. about playing like you don't want to give these jerseys back. Yeah. Well, they're playing like they're wiping their asses on the jersey and then giving it back. Um, I I forget. I I want them to forget pride in the jersey. How about showing some pride in your work? 
At, this, at the pay, end of the day, this is their highly. job. This is their living. Yeah, you spend less hours on a day than, you know, than most, you know, regular full-time workers and get paid significantly, you know, multiples more. And quite frankly, if you put that quality of working in a, in a normal day-to-day job... Written fucking be, warning be straight fucking up. fucking arsehole out of the place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've already spoken about Adam Blair. I'm not going to harp on him, but for fuck's sake... He was come. He come renowned for his defence. One of the most singularly inept performances, and maybe it's with you know we're taking it in you know in in uh, conjunction with his his salary and all and the hype and everything. But that was dead set one of the most singularly inept performances I've ever fucking seen. Um, did nothing in attack, so I can't say that was inept. He just didn't do shit. But uh, defence, six missed tackles or something like that. I mean, ridiculous crazy. figures. Six See, out of twenty six total. I mean, you know, it's fucking hopeless. South Fords and um, Adam Reynolds off the back of that ran right through every single Tigers player, ran up up the stairs into the Tigers boardroom and straight through the CEO as well. And um, not a fucking minute before time. There's big problems in Tiger Town and, and it's fucking gut-wrenching to watch. Um, it's sort of, when you think, you look at the roster and names on paper, which I know doesn't fucking tell you the whole story, but... It should amount to a lot better effort than what they're putting in. Um, so they're just you, fucking turning it up to... at the moment. They're playing like a team that wants to get the fucking coach sack, not their CEO. Yeah. And poor old Potter, he's only been around for... Yeah, he hasn't even been around for No, I mean, how, season. you know, how much could they have fucking learned to hate him already? Yeah, he must be, he must be a fucking shit person for him to turn this quickly. Well, by all reports, even Mark Guy, he doesn't mince words, and, and he said when he played with Potter at the Western Reds, it was obvious that he was going to be a first-rate coach one day. Yeah. Very measured guy, um, very composed, very knowledgeable. Um, he said he, you know, he couldn't understand why players wouldn't want to play for someone like like him. Yeah, admittedly, he never played under him, but yeah. um, and he went to England and everything for a while. And you know, people generally from England, you know, come back and shit you know, humans, shitty, shitty people. Yeah, then they left. Hello to all our listeners in England. You shit humans, <laughs> um, and our listeners that are over here but are English also shit. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, yeah, no disgraceful performance from the Tigers. Full credit to the Rabbitohs. They um, they keep rolling on. They're a very impressive side. I don't know that they'll take too much away from this game. It was pretty much, it wasn't even an opposed training run. <laughs> yeah, barely yeah. opposed by you know first you know first few hit ups of the mats. game were, were were line breaks and yeah. and it, it got That's worse the thing, from though. there. They, they were they were beating the clock for about the first you know close to the first twenty minutes. I think it was it was about twenty nil by eighteen minutes something like that, and they just were doing it so easily. And that's the thing that surprised me. I mean, you know, everyone expected the Rabbits to win. Everyone expected the Rabbits to win by a fair fair amount. But I don't think anyone truly believed that it actually would end up like this. Because well, I mean, let's be fair, it should have been a lot worse. It yeah. was thirty eight nil at half time and finished fifty four ten. They could have. It could and have been tried seventy right eighty. End, yeah, and there's only try at the very end too. Uh, English's last try that sort of made it out, took it out that far. Yeah. But the thing is, I never expected it to be like this kind of score. I mean, I knew that South was probably that much margin better side than the Tigers at the moment. But I thought that the Tigers would have some pride in their performance of the jersey and they'd make a grind out of it and they'd lose, you know, comfortably 13 plus. But, you know, they'd they'd surprise everyone by the way they dug in and blah, blah, blah. And that just that just did not happen at all. <laughs> no, not even remotely yeah. the case. They gave, they'd given up in the third minute. It was, you know, it, was, it was pathetic. And it was so bad that I actually felt bad for the Tigers, and I think a lot of people on Twitter felt it did the same. 
So um, a lot of people calling for my suicide watcher to return. Yeah, and telling people that you know, make sure you didn't have a belt or shoelaces on or any of that sort of <laughs> shit. I mean, it's just lucky that you were at the Broncos game live, so you didn't, you know, you weren't watching it live, not knowing what was going to happen. If I had, I went through my normal Friday night ritual. If the Tigers are playing first, I sort of get home and get the media room and everything set up, put my jersey on, settle in, and yeah. and you know, I'm pumped. Yeah, ready to watch the game, and then yeah. if they get done like that, it's, it's not happy times. <laughs> it's not happy times in the Blakely house. All right, it's the times where Nicklin will walk into the room, look at the scoreboard, look at me, turn around, make walk a face in. like, "Whoa, I'm sorry, I walked in here," and just like back out of the door real quick and yeah. close it quietly and put the put the breezes under lock and key, yeah. and make sure the screen doors are locked and can't be opened, and use the weapons. <laughs> All right, three card magic trick. The sale of Woodstock bourbons will be earth-shattering tonight out at Campbelltown. I should have bought shares in the company. <laughs> Berkeley underscore Eagle. Adam Blair, you weak fucking useless cunt. Good luck negotiating your next contract. Hash lazy, hash overrated. I'd just like to say that that's a, a very, very staunch Manly fan firing up at Adam Blair, worse than Tiger supporters. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. There was some Tigers yeah, fans I, and I'm, fucking hating I don't, I don't follow a lot of them, uh, the Tigers fans. You know, some of the more militant ones, I think. But, um, yeah, they're turning on each other a bit. CA Photo 10. Adam Blair is making T-Rex look solid, in quotes. Yeah. Hashtags in decline. Berkeley, again, he uh, retweeted one for our benefit. He retweeted it, actually, to Adam Blair and us from Warren Smith on Fox. It said, Adam Blair went to embrace one of the Rabbitohs after the game and missed him. That's disgraceful, isn't, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, GT351 underscore Johns. It's sad to see a team capitulate like that. I feel for the Tig Pies. I hope they can salvage something from the year. Reynolds, Inglis, great. Oh, look, let's not get carried away. I think the Tigers will still make the eight and, and um, you know, be there when, when the whips are cracking come grand final day. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt in that, but just at the moment, it's a bit of a tough time. We'll get there. <laughs> I can't wait for the day where you just go, all right, I can see that, you know, <laughs> that we're probably not going to win the title this year. <laughs> Now, what, what round does that happen? 26. <laughs> what happens if you're like, you know, it's round 22 and you're, you're 10 points out of the eight and, you know, so you can't win enough games to get into the eight. Well, you can see it at that point. Come back to me and we'll talk. All right. So I'll talk to you in four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> TBI Penguin. If, if you, what about in week 12 when you cannot mathematically make the finals? Not even Pythagoras theorem and fourteen abacuses can get into the finals at week about twelve. The, about this point, about this point, your only chance of maybe getting closer, one place on the ladder, closer to the finals, is if Cronulla get kicked out for peptides. Look, at the end of the day, there's no, um, there's no doubting that the Tigers are a, are a streaky sort of side. They could string wins together, just like they string losses together. And there's, there's nothing to stop us going on a you know fifteen game winning streak and. You know, you'll all be laughing on the other side of your Talent, faces, you pack of cunts. Pride, Adam Blair. I could list things forever. It'd be like a scene in Forrest Gump where they're talking about ways to eat shrimp. I could, I could just you keep made that joke last week. Let's not trot list- it out again. I could just keep listing and listing ways that the Tigers are in decline. Okay, uh, what have we got here? TBI Penguin. So much more decline left in the West Tigers. Ash Tigers in decline. We can't decline any further than last, surely. Yeah, you're last now, though, but you have to finish last. Because you finished, what, 10th last season? So then you would therefore decline down to last. And then, yeah, I think if you if you win the spoon this year, then that's probably the end of Tigers in decline. Because, other, you know, short of being kicked out of the competition, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> you know? So, Freak09, 
that wooden spoon hashtags into client shirt seems like a safe bet. Put me down for one. Good to see. Oh, if we can make money out of it, makes it all right. Chapo the creator. Fuck off, mate. Chapo the creator said, Adam Blair is the new Paul Carriage. Hashtags into client. Earthboy75. Just check the Tigers merch shop. White jersey comes with a pole. <laughs> Some of these are hilarious. Berkeley I, I didn't read through them you on say, Friday night, I've got to tell you, you on you Saturday. Say through, you say through gritted teeth. <laughs> I did read them on Saturday, all fucking 200 of them. And um, <laughs> it's just like, there's people that put a bit of effort into it. Oh, I for like sure, it. for sure. Um, and as, as we're talking about at the start of the show, there's a tweet coming up on this episode that I think is one of the finest tweets we've ever received. Um Berkeley underscore Eagle. The uh, hash women in league could have belted the Tigers tonight. And he's throwing Tigers in decline on there, of course, but he's then he's throwing hash sack potter. So oh, about? That's, let's settle down. Yeah. Tiger Benji. <laughs> Tiger <laughs> underscore Benji. Said, uh, rumours the 17 Tigers fans in the crowd at full time to be picked to play next week showed more heart than anyone on the field. And that's truth. Fucking oath. Fubar underscore 84. Benchy Marshall on negative three super coach points at full time pending updates. <laughs> Ash Potter in decline. Hash Tigers in decline. Fucking uh, hell. At Shane Aaron Elvis. Former best player in the world. Nil. Current best player in the world. Four. South too big for weakened Tigers. Hash nothing new. And finally, last word goes to Cruzy 06. This fucking. Is it me or has every Channel 9 commentary team mutated to filleting the bunnies more than ever this year? Hash teachers pets. Hey, it's not just a commentary team. It's the going well. Well, rugby league's going well, Cruzy. Don't you know that? But rugby league feels like it's going super shit this year. Pride of the motherfucking league. Yeah, whatever. All right, St. George Illawarra Dragons, 32, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 12, out there. Win. There's a good crowd there, too, almost 18,000. Okay, St. George Illawarra Dragons, 32 points, came from tries to Trent Merrin, Ben Cray, a double to Vito, and Josh Dugan. Uh, Sow at four of six conversions. The Eels had two tries to Penny Terrapo and Chris Sandow, two from two on the conversions. I expected more from the Eels in this game, and I think they, they did have a bit of a dig, but um, fuck Dugan had a cracker. He's back. <laughs> I, I must admit, for all of his time out of the game and, and with injury and also the bullshit fucking social media tirades I forgot that he can play like that yeah well I, mean, I don't think anyone anyone no one really forgot what he can do at his best but even at Canberra I mean he's you know through injury and everything like that that best was very seldom witnessed to pull out a game like that after eight or nine weeks on the sideline yeah. he said he's been trying to keep himself in good nick which is you know fair yeah. enough and it's probably more um, more uh, commitment than you would he would indicate that he was probably capable of it with some of the shit he was carrying on with whilst he was out of the game. But you'd also think not, you know, not doing, you know, going through the weekly grind too. I mean, it might have been a chance to actually, you know, freshen up, stitch a bit up, stitch up some of those injuries a little bit that you know just need, just give him some time off. I think he, I think he can write his own checks with the Dragons after this one. Provided. After one game. Yeah, after one game, but then, you know, maybe next game he might head up on the roof. Celebrate, <laughs> propose a toast. <laughs> So, <laughs> on the roof. <laughs> We're not getting up there, Josh. Oh, well, I'll just do it on my own then. You guys stay down there, drinking your fucking shandies, as dragons do. Um, yeah, Paramount, I, I thought they'd turned a corner with their effort last week, but some of the breaks the dragons made, Dugan made one on a, on a kick return where he, he stepped inside Luke Kelly. 
um, fairly easily and, and went on a 60-metre run, and they scored a couple of plays later. Um, Hain did his best, I think. Certainly in defence, stopped two tries, or yep. two or three tries. Um, but, yeah, it just wasn't happening in, a, in attack for them. Gave the Dragons too much ball in, in good field position, and, um, and you know, Seward's passing and kicking game just took full advantage, and... And that was that, but um, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game. I was interested to see how Dugan went, and he he pretty well killed it. Mm-hmm. And um, and all credit to him, as a way to come out and respond, um, you know, maybe prove a point to himself and and maybe the Raiders. But interesting point um, on Matty Johns and, and the guys were talking about last night. Like, do you do you reckon the Raiders might have looked at that game and think, fucking Dragons are getting the benefit out of out of oh. our turmoil or it happens every time someone loses a player you know in those sorts of mm. circumstances look at Carney after he had, he had some time off but you know he came back Daly ended up straight the away the fact that Ferguson's playing great and the Sharkies fans are still fucking hating that yeah I guess you got a point but you know T-Rex and Manly fans are, well no <laughs> not quite <laughs> the same but you know and I think um Wendell, which is, is is a bit surprising, but Wendell made a good point. You know, he's probably been in in the Raiders system since he was what fourteen, yeah, fifteen, yeah. something like that. That's a hell of a time, energy, and resources to give to a guy that it it got to a pretty high level, yeah, um, and and was a star of the game, and and to let him go to another club for discipline reasons. But you know, how many chances do you give these guys? If he's been That's in the thing. system since he's fourteen, maybe they should have fucking mentored him to become a better human. That's a very good point. They caught him before, you know, it would have been like that. So, yeah, maybe the fact that they they did put uh, so much adulation in him and, and he did receive so much attention, maybe that's part of the reason why he he was a bit off the rails and and not really coping um, with with a lot of that attention, specifically negative stuff from fans. Well, the fact he was drunk too. I mean, you know, you get on Twitter and you're drunk. Yeah, yeah, you know, shit happens. Get on Instagram and you're drunk. Shit happens. So, uh, yeah, as David Warner found out. <laughs> Fuck. Um, at Mup23, this is almost as bad as the ass-kicking the mighty Broncos dished up to the Titans last night. Eels didn't deserve a W last week. <laughs> this guy's turning into a scumbag. I mean, he's turning on his team. It's, it's, it's really it's, terrible. It's, it's, it's terrible. Uh, Devon Head. I'd like to thank the Raiders, Twitter, and Instagram for the services of Josh Dugan. I'll just be on the roof downing a cruiser. And Dragons underscore Red V. Dugan was impressive. Mind you, I think even Lottie could have scored a hat-trick against that Pashidic Parrot Eel side. <laughs> and actually, you know, at the Parrot Eels, so that's good to see. And he's got hash TID on there too, which, I mean, we know means Tigers in decline, but it doesn't help the good stuff trend either. Okay, moving along to the North Queensland Cowboys. They're going, they lost to the Sydney Roosters 12 points to 8. And uh, this is a tight game. The points for the yeah, Cowboys really came from uh, tries to... Fucking Robert Louis. Thurston got a couple of penalty goals to bring them up to eight. Now the Roosters, they had two tries. One to Minicello, one to Mitch Orbison, and Maloney was 100% two from two on the conversions. Does anyone do women in league round worse than the Cowboys? Well, they pretty much eradicated all possibility of doing women in league round correctly. Any sort of service. After yeah. even signing this fucking scumbag. And then... I mean, he's been out injured. I think it was a knee problem, something like that. After he had made his return to the side earlier this season, no regard for the the, you know, the look. Just for PR purposes, yeah. why wouldn't you fucking just hold him back till next week? Honestly, are they that desperate? Don't trot him out in a fucking pink jersey. They're that desperate to win, you know, and they didn't anyway, which is fucking fantastic karma and great. Mm. But they're just that desperate to win 
that they they're so fucking oblivious to trot him out on that round of action, women in league round, knowing that he's a fucking dirty fucking wife beating cocksucker. Times two. Twice badly. You know, fuck. It's just it's beyond belief that the fucking NRL let it happen, let alone these imbeciles that employ him that should just fucking known fucking better and they could have just they could have held it back for a week. Yeah. Again it's And people are still giving the shit? Sorry? People would still stomp a fucking hole in them for bringing Absolutely. Back. But doing it in women's league round would have magnified that shit times, you know, ten. I'd agree. I think there was a lot of uh, backlash as a direct result of it being women in league round and and the, the negative light which that painted the, the game and, and the Cowboys as a club. Um, Dan Ganane, um, again, giving him a rap last last week and, and recent times uh, for his stance on Robert Louis. He um, he posted on Twitter, welcome to women in league round, or happy women in, women in league round with a picture of Robert Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently on the, on, on the calls on the radio too, he just wouldn't mention him when he got the ball and stuff yeah. he just give him that's it. magnificent I love it I love it we need to get that guy on the show because I think we'd get on well um, for the Roosters I think it was a pretty uh, pretty tough tight game for them against a good pack of forwards um, and it was a bit of another box checked for them they really ground out a tough game when their attack wasn't really clicking the way they'd like only managed 12 points um, but I think uh, in relation to their halves their combination works because they are such different players, but as far as pure footballer goes, I think Maloney is easily twice the player Pierce is. Fuck, twice. Just, just his vision and, and his composure and everything seems quite effortless for him. You know, like, he, and Pierce, everything is a frenetic pace. He, he seems flustered at times. He, he drifts in and out of games. Um... With his concentration, um, whereas Maloney just just oozes football. He yeah. just seems like a pure footballer, um, every inch. And I don't know. I don't know how you know whether they had that in mind when they recruited him as to the, just how much he would complement the type of player Pierce is, or, or whether it was just dumb luck. But certainly working in their favour. So we moved to Twitter, and we had at. Flafflin said, uh, looks like Louis back for the Cowboys. Another story of triumph through adversity. Hash, if he was pregnant, I'd bash him. Jay Stibb, whose name on uh, Twitter now, his display name is uh, Poonslayer, <laughs> said uh, he sent this to North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys jersey should be a singlet tonight given their choice of halfback. Hash, wife beater. <laughs> Bennett, H 20, said... Slap me, I must be seeing things. The Cowboys pick Robert Louis for the women in league round. Wow. Hash standards in decline. Hash multi-crisis. Yeah. DJ X playing. And he tweeted this to Sonny, Sonny Bill Williams as well. If, if at Sonny B. Williams is a real fighter, he should knock out Louis in honour of women in league round. Oh, and, well, that'd work. I don't yeah. think he'd have too many people arguing it. Uh, Aussie 11198. Louis' involvement in women of league round should have been limited to five minutes in a cage with Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Hash break the cunt's arm. And the rest of him. And she probably would. Yeah. Monty Fumes. Robert Louis making his return to women in the league round. Oh, the irony. I'm just having a look. Every fucking tweet's about Louis just incidentally. And I didn't like filter them too much either. This is just the ones that, that came in. Um, CA Photo 10 tweeted this to the Cowboys. 
Did someone convince him it was women in fear round? Ash, unforgivable. <laughs> NJBT. I wonder if Ike Turner, Chris Brown, and Tom Sizemore and OJ are getting women in the league cowboy jerseys also. Disgraceful. And uh, DJ Explain comes back again. He didn't get his uh, his wishes to have um, Sonny Bill Williams fight him, so he came back and said, let's have SBW and FPN, Frank Paul the Wrecking Ball, both fight Robert Louis. It would be like the strength of a man against that of a defenseless woman. Uh, Michael Darren 79 that awkward moment when Robert Louis mistakes the halftime siren for a police siren yeah and uh, you can imagine that happening last word Devin Head now if someone could kindly hash cunt punt Robert Louis all will be good in the world hash fuck off Louis and there was a lot of that fuck off Louis going on there too okay Penrith Panthers 62 defeated the New Zealand Warriors 6 another ordinary crowd out there at uh, Centibet under yeah. 10,000 again. But, geez, the Panthers, they turned on, you know, some sort of entertainment. Uh, they're 62. Well, we had a hat trick to Isaac John. We had a try to Travis Robinson. We had a double to Lewis Brown. Uh, Sigiaro, Robinson, Simmons, and Kevin Kingston all got tries. Luke Walsh just <laughs> justifying his existence in the club now <laughs> after being absolutely pill- pilloried by Panther supporters. He really was. He's come out and got uh, 10 goals from 10 attempts. And he also grabbed a penalty. So for a personal haul there of uh, 22, and I don't know what the record is for Penrith. It's probably Ryan Girdler did it at some stage. But 22, you'd have to say, would be up there. Lockie Coote probably would have had a crack too. You think? Oh, there was a time where he was good, hey? It's a fair while ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. We just spoke about how badly the Cowboys do women in league round, but does anyone do it as well as the Panthers? They really latched on to this whole Pink Panthers thing and... I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of partial to that because I remember there was that um great game where Manly played them out there and and, um, and Glenn Stewart and Wolfman uh, had their beards yeah, yeah. pink and stuff like that yeah and Petro scored a try stepping through like a genius if I remember correctly which I probably don't um where are all you know in the interest of fairness and equality yeah where are all the Warriors in decline t-shirts Nathan well. You make an excellent point. Quite frankly, I think I'm being vilified. And I, I think the Tigers are, are victims of, of my vilification. And I don't think that's very fair. Well, Quite frankly, it makes me feel frustrated and alone. The New Zealand Warriors were in uh, the 2011 Grand Final. The West Tigers were not. Mm, after being knocked out by the New Zealand Warriors. So you could say... Some would say that started our decline. <laughs> In fact, it did. So you could say that uh, the in recent history, the New Zealand Warriors have seen more success than the West Tigers. It depends how you measure success. If you measure, if you're if you're a one-dimensional, selfish type person, you probably measure success just in wins, Nathan. Well, and quite frankly, I feel sorry for you. Well, in, in terms of wins, you guys have probably got it over the Warriors. Since you know, let's say since from 2006 to present day. Oh fuck yeah, 2006 would have to, wouldn't he? Well, I mean, you had some good years in 2009, 2010. Yeah, 2010 was you know was a good year. Any, anyway, my okay point is, if we're gonna have Tigers and decline shirts, probably give, give the Warriors a couple to just quietly. Um, if one of their previous losses, according to their official Twitter account, was a mud effort, what the fuck was this? Yeah, I'm surprised I'm not I mean, blocked with that one. I was giving it to him about the mud effort all game. <laughs> I just wonder if um, drunk New Zealand Warriors Twitter guy yeah. 
had it been on on what the what what he would have said about it, or he or she would have said about it. I know it. what he was thinking though. It was a mud performance. It was definitely mud. And if the Tigers showed you know lack of pride in the jersey, no commitment, the Warriors don't have the same excuses. They You're don't right. have the crippling injury toll. Well, yeah, that's that's been embellished a little bit from the Tigers. There was only one player in that injury toll that was playing any good before he got injured. Yeah, um, but the injuries still exist nonetheless. And they had that disciplinary thing as well with a uh, who who they had to put discipline on, Maltz, and mm. uh, was it Ashford the other one? Yeah, yeah, getting drunk. Jeez, that's commitment to fucking to commitment to your your club culture and that though, knowing how fucking undermanned you are and still you know <laughs> putting the ball celebrating in. it yeah, yeah being out I'd like to raise a toast to being injured and not being a part of these fucking horrible losses um, <laughs> Matt Elliott generally gets all philosophical about losses as is his way but do his players sense he doesn't hate losing any more than them and I just wonder when, you know he seems to look at look at losses and, and poor performances in a, in a real uh, big picture kind of way and, and doesn't really get too down about it. He's no, pretty this measured. Time, this time it wasn't. I remember seeing an article. Um, I don't remember exactly what the words were, but it was something like, you know, this, you know, this, that performance is nothing to smile about. You know, the jokes are over. Yeah, it's put, put a rocket up him, I think. He, um, I just, I just wonder where their incentive is to play hard. And I was pretty disappointed in watching a team get done by, by 56 points. Um, and, I don't mean to single single out Tupu, Tupo because I know it was more than just him, but the vision of him after the game, sort of man hugging it up and yeah. slapping and yeah. you know having a big smile and a bit of a laugh. I fucking hate that shit. I know, Not I know it's team. a business, and I know you're a professional athlete, but it comes down again to pride in your work. You I know, remember back in the day... If you do a shit job, don't, don't fucking be whooping and hollering and having a smile on your dog. I remember back in, like, you know, the Eagles days and stuff, I remember seeing like guys like, uh, you know, Ben Walker, you know, was classic for that sort of thing. Mm. And I think, fucking... What have you got to fucking smile about, mate? Mm. You see, like, he's got fucking pumped. Gaia said as much last night as well, and um, it was good that he brought it up, because I had noticed it, but, um, you know, I just thought maybe I get a little bit sensitive about stuff like that. Um, because you're like, actually a fucking competitive person. That's what it is. And I just oh, I just think someone that actually plays sport for a living is at least bare minimum as competitive as us. Well, you'd, you'd hope to think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. I wonder, much like the Parramatta situation with Corey Norman and and now um, young Luke Kelly coming on. Um, the Panthers have signed Jamie Sow for next season, but how much more are they going to get out of Sow than what they? got out of Isaac John in this game I know yeah. it. you know it's a long way from, from consistently putting that forward every week but when you compare the difference in the pay packet yeah um, there's a bit of leeway there yeah it's you know these young young guys he's, he's obviously fallen out with the Warriors gone to England come back and and now he's at Penrith and, and he's ha- and he's played like this so he's obviously capable of it he came through the Warriors system under Cleary and was fairly highly touted as well and yeah, just um, they've spent a lot of money on Seward for for a long term deal, um, and last season was a long way from his best. And this season, in patches, he hasn't been a great deal better than what he was last season. Um, you know, he has had a couple of you know certainly um, last weekend's game was was probably his pick of the season, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Isaac John, if he keeps playing like that, you wonder what Penrith will do with him. Exactly. 
So, uh, good win for the Panthers. Horrible, horrible loss for the Warriors. Some of their mistakes were bloody comical. Um, we could have put the Benny Hill theme to it and sold it on a DVD for, for comic relief. Yep. It was really terrible. Um, I feel for their fans. I know exactly where that, you know, wasn't wasn't far off losing by that margin myself <laughs> this weekend. So, um, you know, but good win for the Panthers. They've had some tough times this season already and um, hopefully their fans start getting out and supporting them a bit a bit more in light of this performance. Yeah, we're just saying, uh, I was worried, wondering, you know, who the record holder was. And actually, 30 points. Michael Gordon, round 24, 2010. There you go. Who was that against? I don't know, but that was the year they, they would have um, had some hot form, ran into the finals, mm. beat Canberra in the first round of the finals. Yeah. And yeah, that was the year they finished second, I think, that, yep. on, the, on the minor premiership. Lost to Canberra at home and then lost to whoever they played second as well and were just blown out in straight sets. Um... Okay, Cambo, 96. Who was the rocket scientist in Auckland who decided it was a great idea to sign Matt Elliott? Ash Dunces. And like we said that at the time he was signed. I just don't understand anyone signing him. Somehow he managed to get himself highly touted. He must be one of those guys that absolutely fucking kills it. In it stems years. all the way back to, to some of those games at Canberra. Yeah. With those young guys. But geez, he had a bit of a side to work with in hindsight. Yeah, in hindsight. But um, he still didn't perform that much. I mean, the, these coaches, they get the, you know, the the label attached to them, like, you know, this guy is going to be, a, you know, a great coach. And it it seems like you don't need to keep accumulating results to maintain that kind of no. opinion, you know. I'll, just, I'll never understand it. Uh, at Dukes, just had a look at the NRL draw. Around 19, these Warriors versus the West Tigers on Friday night. Hash battle at the spoon. Hash ordinary schedule. <laughs> Friday night, football. It's going to be an absolute grog fest. Spoonapalooza comes early. At 40 zip, how's it feel, Tigers fans, when the Warriors get touched up by 56 and you're still on the bottom with points difference? Hash Tigers in decline. Tiger underscore Benji. Frantically find, trying to find out when we play the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, fucking earth, me too. Todd H, 1987, the Warriors were asked to touch their toes by the Panthers and they did 10 times. You would have thought they'd learn. And we've got a couple to finish off with Shunter, 86. One funny quip at the presser and another spiel of bullshit to the Warriors board and Elliot will earn a two-year extension. Hash can talk. And he also came back and said, Penrith provided the pink, the Warriors provided the stink. Hash shocker. <laughs> the hash mud performance. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent tweet there. Especially with people who like Steel Panther. Okay. Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 30 to feed the Canberra Raiders 20. And uh, this one, what do we got? Sharks 30 came from tries to Jonathan Wright, Ben Ross, Isaac DeGoyce, Jason Bakuya, Andrew Fafita, and Carney kicked two goals from two attempts, Gordon three from three, defeating the Raiders 20, which was a double to Milford. Blake Ferguson got one, Jack Whiten got one, and Blake Ferguson two from four conversions. Fafita for origin uh, in the biggest slap in the face in the whole Adam Blair scenario. There's been a bit of Starting to be a bit of talk. Seems to be the talk is just starting now. Like, yeah, probably this week, maybe last week, but I think this week is where they've started to go from he should be to you know now it's like he will be. He's certainly building. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Some of his runs, um, you know, he he showed that sort of promise at the Tigers, which was a big part of why I was so surprised when they let him go. Um, and he, he's kicked on a gear at the Sharks. And all credit to him, the Raiders had hell's own trouble containing him in this game. Um, for the Sharks, the Asada thing seems to have died down a touch. 
um, and and they're probably starting to play consistently the way we thought they might be able to at the start of the season. Yeah. I think the Asada stuff probably took the wind out of their sails a little bit, and to, to their credit, they didn't drop their bundle completely. But there was a couple of dud performances in there um, amongst some wins. So um, hopefully this is something like the end of it for them and, and they can move on, get through the origin period, which are going to be fairly heavily hit by the sound of it, um, which is another adjustment they're going to have to make because yep. other than Gallon, they probably haven't had a... Uh, obviously, um, Carney, I guess. Yeah, but Carney's in front, I think, at the moment. Yeah. So um, if they can get through origin fairly uh, unscathed and, and maybe shag a win or two um, through that period, they're, they're looking... Pretty good to make a decent run home into the finals and um, and, and put it behind them. So um, just on the Raiders, I probably expected more of them in this game as well. Um, given the, their performances of late, they've knocked off the storm. Um, but I think they still seem to be on a bit of a high. I, I don't think that the players were um, going and, and well, certainly the coach probably wasn't going to be going and changing a great deal. Um maybe tweak their defence a little bit but um, I don't know that this result should have them dropping their heads they still put some enterprising attack together and um, you know just one of those things for a youngish sort of side that that's sort of struggling to be you know in the mid mid sort of level of the, of the table Yeah, they're probably going to have games like that every once in a while but um, at their best they can beat anyone Mr. Sports 83, tough loss for the Raiders, but credit to the Sharks who won the forwards battle. Got to think Fafita is really close to origin now. Mup 23, it sucks knowing the Sharks are going to win a premiership before the Titans. I wish I'd never become a Titans fan. Then a crying face. That's, I mean, that's four, three or four tweets from a bloke that Pretty just... won each game we've had so far, yeah. Just, just, it's laying the slippers into the... You know, the club that he professes to love dearly uh, for every game, it's a bit of a disgrace, to be quite honest. And what do we got? Shark Attack 83. Sharkies are back, boys. Tigers fans must be cheering. They lost Fafita for Blair. Hash Tigers in decline. Hash Fafita for Origin. And I don't have the tweet listed here, but uh, also interesting to know that it was uh, Beerboy182 sent a tweet to us and Matt Lenevez and uh, about him <laughs> celebrating his Sharkies win and he uh, basically grabbed a picture of Matt Lenevez in a newspaper or something and um and drawn uh like the a, Raiders, a Viking helm on yeah, there the Yeah, the, the, like the Raiders <laughs> logo helmet and uh and the you know, their moustache and etc. over it. Um and Matt liked it that much. He, it's now his uh, He used it as his, uh, his profile abby. picture, yeah, yeah, his display picture on Twitter, so it's good sense of humour, classic stuff. Um, where are we? For Nick a guy has. that's going to have his ass handed to him in in not that many weeks, I might add. By the Tigers in decline. Yep. Newcastle Knights, 44, defeated the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, 8. This is one absolutely took me off guard. It's the only tip I missed all week. And f- I'm fucking so surprised. Knights, 44, they came from tries. The first try, which is after only about four minutes, to Rochow. Then we had Kirk Gidley, a double. That's two in two weeks for the big man. He's fucking. He's, he's really starting to repay the faith we put into him. Uh, Kevin Nakama uh, got two. Darius Boyd, James McManus, Joseph Leilua, of course. And Joey. Joey Mysterious Le- man. Joey Leilua, the guy that would never, ever send pictures of his naked ex around. International man of mystery. Gidley, five conversions from five attempts. Tyrone Roberts, two conversions from two attempts. Gidley got himself a penalty goal as well. Defeat the doggies. Try to Frank Pritchard. Uh, one conversion to Trent Hodkinson and a penalty goal to Trent Hodkinson. After responding like this to Bennett's silent treatment a week or so ago, um, 
Is this the Knights that we can expect to see a lot more of in 2013? At home, they are a much better side than they are away from home. Yeah, they are struggling to put it to get put it together away. Um, yeah, they've. I guess that's another hurdle they need to get over in their quest for consistency. But um, fuck, at their best, their attack is. When the dogs have so clawed their way back into this game. You know, by I mean, they shot out to about a 12-0 lead. Yep. Dogs managed to sort of claw their way back, and you're thinking, okay, here we go, because remember the Knights did capitulate the week before um, against the Raiders. Just obliterated them. Second half, 32-0, and mm. they just were just scoring at will, and the Dogs just lost it. I noticed um, a couple of tries after the Knights scored. Ben Barber, who was coming across in cover, um... I don't know if it was frustration or whether he was pissed off with his teammates or um, he's a long way from the smiling kick, having fun, just yeah. running around kicking a footy. There's times I saw him just throw around. his arm out and attempt to tackle yeah. as well, like you know. No um, also had a, a bit of a verbal spat with Willie Mason, which was quite graphic. And at the time, yeah, there's a lot of S and C's in that one. But at the time, people were like, oh, Willie Mason, he's picking on Ben Barber, blah blah. This all happened after that McManus situation mm. with the the scorpion tackle. The thing is, Kristen Inu had his arm hooked around the, the, the ankle and foot of McManus, dragging it down for this scorpion business. But Ben Barber was over the top, and he and he had hold of Inu's elbow and was pushing his arm down, like giving it extra torque, pushing Inu's arm down. And people, I forget, he was as involved in that fucking tackle as Inu was. I mean, yeah. like, Inu was the guy that had his arm wrapped around the guy's leg. So fair enough, and he was the one that sort of put it in that position and started cranking it back that way. But Barber was forcing it down, clearly with the with what appeared to be you know like an angry sort of you know face on at the time. <laughs> he had so, his angry face on. Yeah, and so, so Willie, I mean, you know, he, he should have put the cleanest through both of them to be honest. Both grubs can throw a punch, Willie Mason. Um, speaking of Willie, he is absolutely killing it at the moment. Um, Looking like talk Origin Benchy. Sorry, Origin Benchy, I'd say. Well, like there's that. talk of it. Um, he really gives the Knights an edge in a, in a a scrappy, fiery sort of game as well. Um, yeah, you know, they're, yeah. they're winning, you know, they won this game based off some, some pretty impressive attack, but um, if teams want to start drawing off to the Knights, Willie Mason, will, will, he'll take that bet every day of the week. Yeah. And, you know, come finals time, every team's looking for an edge and they, you know, get a bit niggly or yep. or fiery, um, he's the type of guy you want in your team. He'll respond well to that. Yep. Um, you know, another piece to their puzzle uh, remains to be seen. If if they can't start putting some wins together away from home, I think the Knights are probably destined for the bottom half of the eight, and um, which means an away final and, and, and probably a loss. You know, yeah, but yeah, out pretty um, again, like I said, at their best, um, some of their attack is, is fairly well unstoppable when when they get it right. All right, what do we got here? The unique one, eighty. Cassiano needs to keep his eye on the prize, not the pies or the wives. <laughs> Hash, bros before hoes and pros. Cambo 96, LOL, Ben Barber, mouthing on it, Willie Mason. I hope Mason thumps the epic bent, cunt. Jeez. Shunter 86, Coach D looks like he's fucked Club B. Players A to Z fed up with his bullshit want a release. <laughs> Hash, Des in decline. GT underscore, GT351 underscore Johns. Didn't turn up to play today. No excuses. Just one of those poor games. Time to get back and ready for next week. Forget this game. Been saying that a lot this year. 
Big Dan, 1985. What a second half. I need a hash rally towel after that performance. Why can't we have that every week? At Mace21, which is William Mason's Twitter account. Love your work. Chapo, the creator. That performance was a disgrace from the Bulldogs. The Knights made the Bulldogs humble, old country and new country style. Mup23. The Knights aren't anywhere near the class of the Broncos, but the Bulldogs aren't as bad as the Titans. The Titans are hash shithouse. I mean, he should just give up on life. I mean, he's turned on his team that badly. It's horrible. Uh, Billy Boy 887 And so continues our Rocks or Diamonds performances. Great win, though. Always good to give a team a belting. Ain't that truth? And finally, Monday Night Footbitch, we had the game of the round, possibly the game of the year, where the mighty, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 10, defeated the Melbourne Storm, 10, <laughs> down there at Cheetahs Coliseum in Melbourne. Oh, fuck. This is going to be painful. <laughs> Manly's 10 points came from tries to Jamie Lyon and uh, two penalty goals to Jamie Lyon and a conversion to Jamie Lyon. It was a Jamie Lyon kind of night. And uh, the Melbourne Storm's 10 points came from a try to Morris Blair, uh, a conversion from Cameron Smith and two penalty goals to Cameron Smith. Definitely one of the games of the season, if not the game of the season so far. Slash ever. <laughs> Slash in the history of rugby league. Um Fucking tough side, Manly. It's actually... It, it makes me even more embarrassed to watch the way the Tigers are going at the moment when you see the way Manly defended away from home against probably one of the best teams in the comp. One of the, the, the hardest the hardest away road trips you can have. Yeah. Um, and the way they defended, um, specifically in the second half when they had all sorts of possessional stats go against them um, and just... Their commitment in defence and their first contact in the tackle indicates that they they don't mind tackling. Yep. Um, the Tigers are the complete opposite of that. Um, I'd like to comment on the Tigers' first first contact, but there isn't any. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kieran Foran, I think, is the heart and soul of that club at the moment. Um, it says a lot considering they've got players like Jamie Lyon and Anthony Watmo in the side as well, but um, he's such a leader. And and for not a very big guy, he stops people in their tracks in defence and um, and doesn't shirk his workload either. He's making more than his share of tackles there. And he said he was going to back off. Like he, he was going he was actually going to back off this year a little bit and you know avoid the contact as much. Even though he loves it, he was going to you know kind of avoid the contact a bit more so he could you know save himself for the attacking side. But he's just gone to beast mode on both sides of the field now. I mean, mm. like he still he still gets into the defence, but now he's actually well he's running more and he's just killing it. I've noticed, um, you know, there is a bit of a, a transitional thing going on for, for Melbourne at the moment, whether they adjust to, to how teams are playing them. Um, and, and, you know, they've probably shown a, a penchant for, for adjusting and um, and moving with the evolution of the game to suit themselves and stay on top. But um, as part of that, I, I've noticed that Widdop is calling for the ball a lot more um, and becoming you know, or at least attempting to become a more dominant presence amongst the senior players and specifically the big three, mm-hmm. um, as the media likes to fucking call them, which is becoming increasingly painful. But um, I tell you what, if he if he raises his game another n- another notch, then people are going to be in trouble. I thought he, he had a uh, a good game in this game. He's probably not quite the defender of, of a Kieran Foran or those sorts of guys or Benji Marshall or whatever, but... Um, it's probably the only... He, he's not a bad defender by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah. um, certainly in attack, you can see him calling for the ball a lot more, and to, to their credit, uh, Melbourne are trusting him with it. 
and, and he's running a lot more plays. Um, kicking game as well. It's not just all falling on Cronk's shoulders. He's taking some pressure off there. So um, it'd be interesting to see how he goes for the rest of the season and, and whether he um, can continue that in his time at the Dragons. So, just want to say, this game broke records. Manly. I believe the figure was 413 tackles. That is the most tackles a team has had to uh, withstand in NRL history. Then you had individual performances like Matty Ballon getting about 65 tackles, I think it was, 67, something like that. And there were, I think there was at least another four Manly players over 40 tackles. Superhuman effort. Honestly, if I was in charge of if I was in charge of this sort of thing, I'd be giving I'd be giving Matty Ballon, Glenn Stewart, Watmo, and Kieran Foran VCs. Quite frankly, it was like which is our highest military honour. Exactly, such award was, for bravery. Such was the bravery and staunch, resolute defence in the face of overwhelming numbers. I mean, let's face it. I mean, the Storm at one point there in the second half. I'm not sure if it finished that way, but they had 80 percent possession. And it was at least 80% possession through to at least the, the 60th minute mark, at least the first half. So for a team, I mean, the Melbourne Storm had as much field position and possession. There was time there where they had like, it was like six sets on the trot. Um, they had as much possession and, and in good field position possession too, incidentally. To, they, they would have flogged any other team by 40, easily. 40 nil, if you will. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been 40 nil. And so for Manly to go down there without Brett Stewart, Without Nola Val, Richie Foe, so who else is injured? They got five guys out. But Brett Stewart being the key one that we're statistically manly win like a quarter of the games maybe when he's not there. So to go down to make the hardest road trip without uh, a third of their players, including one who's statistically, you know, one of their most key important players, and to pull that off was incredible. And to see the temperature on Twitter afterwards, manly fans were like, well, rugby league fans in general were like going, that was the fucking shit. That was awesome. And rightly so, because it was fucking... It was a cracking game. My, I, you used to do the heart rate monitor thing. I've never done the heart rate monitor thing. I tell you, I wish I had it last night, because that one, I took so fucking long to wind down after that game. Probably like half past 11 or something by the time I was sort of, you know, in a position to go to sleep. Um, but, um, and then Manly fans on Twitter were like, they, they were like, fucking epic, you know, one of the greatest thing, you know, greatest things ever. And Storm fans, dead quiet, deadly silent, I think. And it's like the, I mean... Manly fans, they kind of saw it as, you know, like, you know, robbed of a win. You know, obviously Matt Chechen did his outright best to fucking rob us of this game. But he wasn't fucking good enough. But, um, you can't argue with some of the bullshit fucking... I mean, did you see that penalty at the end? The the Brent Kite was the one that was pinged for offside that gave Storm the penalty to level the game up. Brent Kite was fine. Justin Horrow was offside, but he was so far away from the play, it wasn't him they pinged. And they could could say he was back seven metres or whatever like that. But that's where the referee was too. They actually were back to the line of the referee. So it was just a ridiculous penalty right in the nick of time for the Storm to tie the game up. But um, apart from that, the Storm had many opportunities to win it too, particularly Cooper Cronk. How far out was that fucking field goal in the state of origin last year? In the last game? Oh, fucking 40, halfway, 40, 40 metres. Something, between 40 and... Eight yeah. metres in from touch or something yeah, and yeah. drilled it. This time, he's 10 metres, maybe 15 max away from, you know, on the right hand, on the left, sorry, on the left hand upright. And just relentless pressure and he, and he sprayed it, which is fantastic. We'd have struck um, just as time wound down. 
as well. He's only dropped a couple of metres short. Yeah, yeah it's and it was good. like 55 metres as well. Yeah, he was, he was 55 metres. Oh, yeah. fuck me, that's amazing. And then uh, you just think, okay, yeah, the game's won. He's missed it. That's it. It's a draw. And then Manly actually put on some counter-attack, and they got back to over halfway. I think, geez, if they had had some other players on the field, other than Wolfman and Hiku, I think it was, that were, that were awake to it, you know, put a kick down there, do something. But... um. Listen, the way you're carrying on about a draw. Imagine if you had a snatched victory from the draws of a draw. Yeah, if you had a snatched victory, it would have been incredible too. But um, and just the, the, extra, the refereeing in extra time as well. When Manly had a in their very first set, they were about 40, 40 meters out from their own line. It was touched. Should have been ruled six to go. Didn't get the ruling. That would have been another. You know, that would have got them down about thirty meters out. You know, for a shot to end it almost straight away. I mean, numerous things. Jamie Lyon getting the ball raked out from a guy who wasn't square. Fucking could go on forever. But and Matt, Chechen, Matt Chechen is an absolute fucking drop kick of a fucking referee. And he just, he needs to get f- fucking taken out the back and shot in the head. I fucking had it with him. Um, but this time, for once, he tried his hardest and he couldn't fucking snatch the points off us. So it's good shit. Twitter, at uh, underscore Fluffy Fish. You're going to love this. Peter is a champ. Hiku brilliance shone last night. Legend forever. Hash Hiku Haiku. <laughs> I um, you know, I've, I've had my say on the uh, on the haikus, uh, yeah. which are obviously come about by uh, Nigel Bridgman, aka Sweet Nigel B, as he calls himself. <laughs> um, I've come up with a little bit of poetry of my own accord. Uh, yeah, I bet this Nathan. is going to be hilarious. It's probably is it going to conform to the to the to the structure of a haiku? No, no, it's more in uh, the Westy type poetry, uh, yeah. a limerick. Oh, okay. If you cool. will. Okay, I'm interested to hear this. Go. This is a, this is something that hasn't been pre-planned either. I don't know what you're going to say next. There was a young nerd, Nigel B, who stepped to the King Lenny B. <laughs> okay. This is compelling. So far. Some haikus were made. Still, Nigel never got laid. So he fucked himself off to JB. <laughs> <laughs> How long you had that sitting there, ready to roll? No, no I didn't even write it down. It's off the top of your head. That's fucking incredible. That is incredible. Okay. Take your haikus and bash them up your wazoo. <laughs> Fuck, I'm looking like I've got the poetry's flowing Look out at of me. you, are like fucking Shakespeare now. <laughs> um, DJ X-Plane. Great game from both teams. I wish Kronk played for someone else so I didn't have to hate him. Hash go manly. At Eddie NZ. If foreign plays like that for the Kiwis, we'll go a long way to retaining the World Cup. Hash beast mode. And he was. Have you ever seen a player like hold hold someone up three? I think it was about three times in the game. It was all. I'm pretty. Sh- I mean, give or take. I'm pretty sure Stan Presley did it, okay. and Robbie Farah's done it. Yeah, Benji's probably done it half a dozen times in his career. It's hard to keep up with Benji's mm-hmm. defensive exploits. <laughs> they usually end like twenty meters out when he misses the tackle that makes the break. <laughs> Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. Storm cannot attack. Manly's defence, best in comp, premiership bound. Hash Hiku Haiku, which I don't have nothing to do with Hiku, so you've kind of violated a little bit there, Jeremy, but um, you know, the, the, it's the thought that counts. There was a young nerd, Nigel B. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jeremy J, he came up with another one, said, uh, commentators always go on about the big three, in quotes, yet Widop has one kick all night and sets up the Storm's only try. Hash, that's great, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> At Tirana 355. What a great defensive effort from Manly. We deserved to win that game, but the refs made sure we didn't. Hash refs in decline. At On a Blood Buzz. 
Surprised the refs didn't prance ahead and alley oop the ball over the crossbar and then get a field goal attempt. Uh, charlatans. Uh, at the Real Jedi. Amazing effort by the mighty MWSE. Can't get over the disgraceful display by the cheating cunt refs. Oh. Foz and DCE Gen X toughness. <laughs> and that's the Jace. He's you know we met him. He's he's not the he's guy. He's a cock. Drop, he's he's not the one to drop C bomb though. He's a cock. He's fucking top bloke. He's a cock. Top bloke. Who's Listen got, to him. Listen to the way he carries on. He's a cock. On a blood buzz. Fucking courageous. Fucking steadfast. Fucking tough. Fucking perseverant. Fucking mighty. Manly Warringah City. That's not a haiku, is it? No, no, that's just many full stops. At East Fan. East Fan. So this is, I repeat again, his Twitter name, at East Fan. Hiku or Feki. Clearly drunk. Hiku or Feki, choosing can be torturous, and I chose wisely. Hash Hiku Haiku. <laughs> Other team supporters are getting in on it. There was a young nerd, Nigel B. <laughs> at Nita Beta. I want to have Kieran Foran's babies. He's the most epic, strong, brave, pretty human in history. I'm so glad he's at Manly. <laughs> no comment, eh? At Cruzy06. Great game. Great D by Manly, but you fucked up my GOT viewing time slot by your overtime. Hash ref's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to watch Game of Thrones straight after it, so you could have too, Cruzy. And at 40zip. If defence wins comps, then give Manly the trophy. Unbelievable effort second half. Agreed. In Defense doesn't win comps. Tigers do. <laughs> so no one's won a comp in like 10 years. Is that what you're saying? Sell the fuck down. Eight years. In underscore the underscore surf. Absolutely brilliant effort by at Manly Seagulls. The hash purple cheats at Melbourne Storm still couldn't win despite the fuck referees. And that, as you can see, Twitter pretty much agree with me 100%. They always do, Nathan. They always do. Previews for round 11 of the 2013 Telstra Premiership. Okay, this one, we're going to kick off on Friday night with, who else? Brisbane Broncos taking on the Doggies down in Sydney at ANZ Stadium. Well, the Doggies, you know, we saw they got absolutely pumped last week. Um, Broncos, you know, they they played pretty well in uh, dispatching, you know, admittedly dispatching minnows, the, the Titans, but still, they, you know, performed pretty well at home. This one, whew. You know, the dogs, I almost got sucked in a little bit to the, you know, the, the, the commentators and things saying, you know, they're coming back, you know, ignoring the fact that they'd beaten teams like, you know, Parramatta and the Tigers, you know, hopeless size like that. <laughs> I started thinking myself, I started believing, like, maybe the dogs are getting back. And, you know, you've got like, uh, you know, Hannibal Lecter, you know, James Graham, he comes back and he's, you know, he came back and, you know, they're starting to get up to full strength again. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, maybe it's happening. And no, then boom. And boom, the Knights. A team that's not known for fucking piling on the points, let it be said. Benny and Fluffy take control. Oh, smash the shit out Smash shit down. Exactly. I think the Broncos will probably win this game. Um, they were pretty good last week, albeit on the off the back of some Titans ill-discipline. But um, they generally are competitive away from home. Um, they've won a few games this season already away from Suncorp. And um, I, I think the Dogs, they should be a lot better than what they were against the Knights, but I still think the Broncos will get over the top of them. Interesting to note. I mean, I, I, I agree, I do agree, and I will tip the Broncos. But um, extended bench for the Broncos on this game. And just like to bring attention to uh, number 19, 
Denon Kemp mm. possibly making his way back up. And I'd like to say that if uh, it does turn out that Denon Kemp gets in the side, I will be reversing my tip. Wow. That dude's fucking Denon hopeless. Kemp, <laughs> fucking useless. It's taken him five years to get over a broken rib. <laughs> <laughs> He's just coming back through injury now. Yeah, fly another club. Meanwhile, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it was a, it was a stint in rugby too in there, wasn't there? As well, for a year, did he, did he play for like, sign up for, or, or did he not play? But he signed, he signed for like, was it the Melbourne? I think it was the Melbourne Rebels, Rebels, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, did he actually play with that? That fell like, through, I think. Oh, did it? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not 100% sure. He's taken him five years to get over a broken rib anyway. And um and meanwhile, yeah, he's, you know, he's playing for North Devils, you know. Fucking chalky, after, after, chalky after, bones. After, after severing his leg. Yeah. <laughs> after, he's hopping around on one leg out there. He, he's he's tri- still having a go. He's a triple amputee of his ankle and foot. And uh, he's, he's playing for North Devils at the moment, slowly getting down to he's play. Had the one, he's had the one ankle amputated three times. Exactly. So, still yeah. running around out there. So the moral of the story you is... Save that, yourself, Denon. Yeah, if Denon comes playing, uh, the tip is reversed. That's the moral of the story right there. Oh, Friday Night Football, who've booked this? West Tigers taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. Down and well Leica. made this game should... What? Yeah. Was that even... That's not even English. And well made this game have a primetime time slot. Well, this game caused you a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was last week. Um, look, the West Tigers, you know, the, the the rugby league universe is waiting for the West Tigers to bounce back. I know, they're just waiting for bated breath and, and, and for the West Tigers to come and, and save this season, which has been a bit dour, been a little bit unentertaining, a little bit disinterested, some might say. The West Tigers will bounce back to their best the rugby and save rugby league like the saviours of rugby league that they are and have been in the past that's with spherical, their enterprising attacking play. The, the, the spherical planetary body known as your head is fucking <laughs> the only thing waiting for the West Tigers to bounce back. And what better and what better team to do it against than the Cowboys? Look, think about Who we f- own. We own the Cowboys. When was the last time the Cowboys beat us? Fact one, you own the Cowboys. Fact two is at Leichhardt where you, know, you own many teams. Destiny, it's yeah, it sort of is. So you see, there was an destined. article through the week about um destined to bounce back. Article about Thurston through the week saying that um he said every time he goes down there to Leichhardt, there's always a Thurston to wanker chant. Mm. He loves it. I bet he does. He loves it. Loves wanking or loves the chant. Loves the chant, calling him out on his love of wanking. You know, it, you know, if if I'm not saying JT is a wanker by any stretch, but if he was, yeah, there's really seedy. Um, toilet at uh, at Leichhardt Oval, just under. Um, if you are standing on the hill facing the grandstand, it's the toilet behind the goalpost on the at the right hand end of the field. It it's it, to say it was old fashioned would would be an understatement. I'm pretty sure that dinosaurs used to go in there. So it's basically a hole in the floor. You have to squat over. Is that what you're saying? It's it's not quite that bad. Um, but it's like as far as the troughs go, yeah. There, there's no. It 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 just there's a, there's a, like a little valley, a little gully thing where yeah. they attach a hose to the wall and they hose it all out. It's no luxuries like trough it's, lollies. It's like a fucking prison toilet in there, <laughs> and I know what prison toilets are like. <laughs> and I sat there the whole time thinking, Bubba's going to be here any minute, and I'm going to have to relive this nightmare. I mean, who, what? Who said that? <laughs> so JT, look, if you, if you, you know, 
if you are inspired by the chant, feel free to uh, drop into that bathroom. I'm sure there'd be no better place for you to uh, do go about your business, as it were. And um, you know he may as well go in there because, yeah. quite frankly, the Cowboys are going to get absolutely fucking thumped in this game. Um, Robert Lewis will, be, will get his just desserts. He'll get his cup up, come up and if you will. Who's going to give it to him, Adam Blair? Uh, I think Adam Blair's going to probably soccer kick the fuck out of Robert Louis, um, which will be the most energy Adam Blair's ex- exerted all season. Um, Benji Marshall, uh, I mean, he could, this could be Greg Inglis type numbers for Benji Marshall. <laughs> oh, fuck, he will carve up the Cowboys um, into tiny, tiny pieces, into almost like a fine powder to, to the to the consistency of of paprika if you will um something like that they'll just they'll, they'll stain off the hose the cowboys off like hard oval that's how bad oh, they're going to be fucking God. carved up in this game so uh glory glory to the west tigers nothing like that's going to happen the cowboys are absolutely fucking hopeless away from home which is why they're only going to win by 30 st george illawarra dragons playing the penrith panthers at uh cogra this one, well, you know, Dugan makes his return unless he doesn't get a boil through the week. Um, <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> that is hands down. I mean, you've probably said five funny things in the entire duration of, of the show since you've been doing it. You like that one, eh? That is definitely... Top five. You've probably only said six funny things. I'll give you right. that. Right. <laughs> That's good. Glad you liked it. That's fucking hilarious. I love unless he gets a boil. So both it's funny are... because it's happened before. <laughs> now um, the, both the sides are lining up. You know, pretty much the same as they as they did last week. I mean, Panthers come off a massive win. Dragons come off a big win. You know, I've got to say, I think that the Dragons defensively are probably a better side than the Panthers are. I don't think the Panthers can consistently throw those sorts of performances together. I think the the Warriors were a long way away from home, probably making a statement about getting their coach sacked. Um, they were right for the picking. Probably Tigers the t- and Tigers Warriors could have done a duet. On them. Yeah, Tigers probably could put... And have done them. against the Warriors not all that long ago, let's not forget. Yeah, so... Two seasons ago, whatever. Yeah. I think the Dragons are going to win 13 plus. I think that's probably a fair assessment as well. Or maybe just 13 because Jamie Sowell will kick a field goal. Yeah. That'll do. That's 13 plus. 13 on the button. I'm actually, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy to go with that as well, actually. Um, Yeah, the Panthers, they could, yeah, they could survive, they could surprise. But the Dragons, they're defensively, even even in the bad times, they've always been kind of okay, you know, defensively. And I think that they'll probably have the Panthers covered. Uh, The Panthers, on the other hand, yeah, I just. I don't think they can match up in that respect. And also, I just, I, you know, although they're showing good signs and some young guys that are, are playing well and um, looks good for, you know, Gus's five-year plan. Kevin this, Kingston, this punted. Want, yeah. Cunt punted. The captain, what the fuck's up with that? Seguiaro, hooker of the future. Yeah, I mean, that, that he is. But it's not like Kingston's shit, though. Yeah, he's a fucking cracking player. Yeah, I wonder he, where he'll end up. Probably West Tigers. They need a new hooker. Oh, I will stomp kick. I will fucking <laughs> curb stomp you. I'm just saying. Cause American you know, History X after, style. Just after, after Robbie goes to the Eels. <coughs> Robbie just signed a new deal, Nathan. If you knew anything about rugby league, you would know that. I about know, the best I know. hooker in the game signing a new contract with his fucking club is destined for premiership greatness. I know. Despite the I rough patch of track experience. I know, that, I know that Benji's going to require a lot of cash. 
and they can't play with only two guys. So I think Robbie, you know, contracts they're not they're not you know they're not as meaningful as they once were, and uh, you know maybe you might want to go and uh, play for the Eels. Have I given Adam Docker a rap last week? Um, I think I did. You did last week, yes. Fucking good player. I like him. All right then. I'm glad you like him. Josh Dugan, man of the match in this game. Yeah, really? Yeah. I suppose so. I mean, who else can really play on this whole Other field? Other than the boil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as you know, his nemesis, the ball, doesn't make any appearance. <laughs> All right, where are we? Uh, Sydney Roosters taking on the Melbourne Storm. Allianz Stadium. Big game. Storm not going that great, especially attacking-wise. Uh, Coming off Monday Night Football, the Roosters will fucking obliterate the Storm. Obliterate. I mean, it was yep. a tough game for the Storm. Yeah. Not going to lie. They won't bounce back from that well, I don't think. Yeah, Storm, I mean, if anyone is going to bounce back, though, I mean, it is the side like Storm. Roosters played a tough game as well, which probably more conditioned them to anything. I, I just think the Storm got fairly well bashed in that Manly game, as Manly did. But, um, you know, they played extra time. And coming off a short turnaround, I think uh, I think the Roosters will get them. All right. I'm not Loney, sure. Sonny Bill, big game. Yeah, not sure about that one, hey? I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, Storm, yeah, I mean... I've I, probably got a bigger rap on the Roosters than you have at this stage of the game. Yeah, probably. Okay. Oh, here we go. Match of the round. Mighty Manly Seagulls taking on the Canberra Raiders at Brookie. This one is taking place on Saturday night, so I, mean, I guess we equally get the same short turnaround that the uh, the Storm get. And, uh, you know, it could be a factor. Um, Manly lining up pretty much the same at this stage as they, uh, as they did last week. Uh, David Gower, I don't think he even got in the field in this game, in the game last night, did he? I don't remember. Well, obviously don't remember anyone where, calling his name. It was a game, a game where possession was tantamount and making mistakes was crucial, so they got rid of him. And I didn't bother sitting him out there. Not a big fan. But, um, no, no, hands like feet, that guy. Wow. Hands like flippers. <laughs> that have been stuck in the in in the props on a massive uh, whaling vessel. Jesus, <laughs> interesting analogy, but he's like, uh, fat, he's like a fat Chris Bailey. <laughs> so just to, just to be clear, not a massive fan of his not, work. No, not a huge fan of David he Gower. Would, he wouldn't be there if I so wasn't living on death row. We know uh, Gower. Gower haikus. Yeah, no, no, no Gower no, no cult hero status for David Gower. None whatsoever. Um, I, don't, I don't think the Raiders have it in them to pull a, an upset of this magnitude out of the bag um, at this stage of the season. And, and despite coming off last night's freaking epically tough game, I, I think Manly might just get enough out of the Brookvale Oval crowd to, uh, to get them home. The thing is, um, the Raiders, I mean, they've got, they've got good attack. They've got very good attack. But so does Manly. But the defensive side of things, I mean, the Raiders, you know, they'll let 30 points in all the fucking time. You know, that's, you know, not every game, but, you know, many times through a season, they'll let that many points in. And whether they win in a shootout or not, their defense still, you know, they, they their defense is predicated on outscoring, outscoring the other team rather than, you know, restricting the other team to minimal points and then, you know, getting some sort of total. Manly, however... Steve Maddow is going to murder Blake Ferguson. Oh, this can, they'll, they'll, you may fucking snap him in half. Instagram may shut down through lack of selfies after this game. I'd agree, unless he's taking selfies of his injuries. Problem is, when you've got broken arms and, you, and they're stuck in cast, you can't you know bend them to get the right angle on the selfie. And you won't I, be able to climb up on the roof either. I like how you're thinking. Yeah, so there's also um, talk that Josh McCrone might not make the game. And if that were to happen... Has he got a boil? 
yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I have to go and ask the ass on Dugan. <laughs> um, Did you really have to go there? <laughs> uh, Milford, though, he might get the he might get the halfback slot. Who? Milford. Oh, Anthony Milford. Yeah. You know the guy that was fucking came out and absolutely gunned it last week and looked fantastic in a beaten side. That guy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's something. Jeez, to think they've about. got an embarrassment of riches as far as halves go. Yeah, I mean, well, they got an embarrassment of numbers of halves. But, uh, right. The way the Tigers are going at the moment, I'll take Sam Williams. Yeah, and there's been talk that, you know, not Sam Williams, but there's talk that Sam Williams might go, uh, wind up at like at Penrith or somewhere, or I think he's on I think he's on his way out. I think he'll end up at Tigers, though. Sorry? I don't no, think he'll I end mean, up with Tigers. Halfback of the future. Probably Australian representative before too long. You know, Luke Brooks running around in uh, Reggie's at the moment. That's how good the Tigers are going. Halfback, future fucking representative, probably premiership winning halfback, running around in reserve grade. Yeah, yeah. Because we can afford to do that because we're going so well. Yeah. Anyway, I think Manly will get away with it. Uh, April yes. fail, Raiders aren't the greatest travelling side. The flip side, the short turnaround is, is the only thing that really worries me. But I think that out of that game, I think uh, emotionally and, you know, psychologically, as far as, you know, defensive attitudes concerned and everything, if you're I think playing a, a massive a, amount out of that game. If you were playing a side that was renowned for their toughness, um, I think you might uh, might struggle, but um, you know, a side that's running out for toughness, such as the Tigers, you might struggle. But the Raiders don't think so. Okay, Sunday we move over to New Zealand. New Zealand Warriors take on the Newcastle Knights over there at Mount Smart Stadium. So this one, can the Warriors bounce back? The Knights were pretty good last week. Teams teams are always a little bit dangerous. After they cop a massive flogging, there is a bounce back factor in there. But the Knights had a fantastic win on the weekend. I mean, this they'd be looking at this as a chance to really start to build some momentum and play the way that you know they they feel that they should be playing. And you know, Benny, you know, has coached them to play. So you know, the and Knights... and what better way than to you know play a, a team that bounce back factor aside was pr- pretty fucking ordinary last week. And you'd have to say the morale would be fairly low. Yeah. And if the I think if the Knights can get one or two tries on the board quickly, like they did against the Dogs, mm. I think... Uh, Might suck the life out of them. Yeah, and I don't think that they'll need to worry about, you know, getting closer at halftime and then fighting back in the second half and caning them. I think they might just run run away with it from, you know, from go to woe. Sure. So that would be 13 plus on the Knights too. Okay, next up we have Parramatta Eels taking on the Gold Coast Titans at Mudgee. On Sunday? Mudgy. Mudgy. Glen Willow Sporting Complex at Mudgy. So, Matt Chechen's out there. So, you know, perhaps one Quite frankly, you're going to get a bigger crowd at Mudgy than you would at Skill Park. You would? That's that's not even that's not even a joke. Um, that's actually fact. Mudgy and, Stadium, they've called it here on yeah, the NRL Mudgy, site. Mudgy Stadium. So, Matt Chechen's out there. So, if any of you guys out there in Mudgy you have, a, have a spare paddock that you might want to, you know, put a shallow grave in, hit me up. I got, wow. I got your hook up. I Captain Murder. <laughs> yeah, Kristen Inu. I mean, he's not off this week for no reason. It's all part of a larger plot. Um, <laughs> and I sent Luke Patton out there to be video referee as well. So, um, you know, I imagine that's because, you know, you blend in with country people and cross-eyed and shit. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> just hating on everyone tonight. Oh, it's just, yeah. So I full am. of hate. I am. I am. I think, I think the Eels are going to win this game. I think um, that the Eels are going to win this game too. I think the Titans, recently, haven't been very good. No. 
at all. I mean, they've been they've been somewhat exposed. I mean, Albert Kelly's still killing it. Mm. Don't get me wrong. He did have. A, you know, I mean, he put in on on Friday night, despite the result. I, I think he was um, was fairly good. Caesar's kind of dropped right off. I think, and I don't yeah, know whether he's still carrying traces of injuries or whatever. You know, he's had you know some trouble in previous weeks, but um, yeah, overall, yeah, just, the, the Titans just aren't doing it for me at all. So, with that in mind, you look at their opponents and you go, okay, it's the Eels though. I can't really tip the Eels in good conscience. No, um, it's it's a tough one, um, and quite frankly, these games between the Eels and the Titans do. De- de- generate into a bit of a cesspool of, of not a great deal of talent. Yeah. Um, but I'm still going to take the Eels based on the um, Jared Hayne factor. Yep, fair the, enough. You know, Titans don't have a player like that in their squad, so. True. Okay, move to Monday night footbitch, and we have the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Sharks Stadium. So this one, well, okay, we look at the Monday night thing. There's always the upset factor on Monday nights. You know, the Sharks would like to think that they're getting back to somewhat near their best. I mean, the Asada thing's not over, but the cloud seems to have cleared for now, at least amongst the playing group, and they seem to be, you know, gelling a bit better. Um, Michael Gordon, named for the Sharks, I thought that he would have been injured. Well, that's that's what I'm hearing as well, but um, I think the Sharks actually match up pretty well in the forwards with the Rabbitohs, but it drops off fairly considerably, with the exception of probably Todd Carney. In the, in the backs. Yeah. yeah, just look at the outside backs. I mean, and, you know, position to position, the Rabbitohs don't lose a match-up there at all. No. And considering Dylan Walker and um, Bryson Goodwin. Yeah. I mean, they're so, I mean, all due respect to those guys. But if you're going to um, outmatch the Rabbitohs in any way, that'll be two positions where you'd probably do it, and uh, Sharkies can't even manage that. Exactly, exactly. They throw up Sloth and, and Bo Ryan. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, if I mean, having said that, if if the Sharks do gain a real advantage through the forwards, then you know Carney off the back of that just needs some warm bodies to run through some holes. Yeah, it's not impossible, but the way Siasa going at the moment, you'd be crazy to tip against him. Yeah, and you'd say Jeff Robson. Yeah, that's what I'd also say <laughs> to anyone who's like who's, who's thinking of tipping the Sharkies. And you know there is that underdog factor on Monday nights though too. So it's not I'm not saying that the Sharkies can't win. But, yeah, I think the Rabbitohs too good at the moment. Agreed. That is full time for episode 121. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow STWI League. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button and share our posts and all that good stuff. And I'll definitely see when all that's happening as well. So thank you, everyone who does share posts and shit like that. I love it. Even mm-hmm. when you're slagging me off, you bastards. Yeah, always slagging me off, of course. Um, iTunes, no new reviews this week. So I find that terrible, and I think people should rectify that as soon as possible if you haven't given us a review, and let's face it, we've got a fair few reviews. I mean, when it comes to, like, podcasts on iTunes, we've got more reviews than just about fucking anyone, I reckon. We've got hundreds, it's great, but always room for more. Um, so by all means, uh, hit us with some more reviews. Fantasy, okay, the uh, group competition we've got going. Dane Laurie for PM still maintains the lead. And they're about 300 points over, or 250 points over second place. Tubes, Super Dudes, Mighty Bulldogs, Sherwood Scorpions, El Ducho's Dopers, Honor Blood Buzz, Sea Eagle Assassins, Cerberus, Schultz Dentistry, and UFC Roosters. 
all up there. I think I was 19th now, I think. So I'm tipping. Oh, no, that's where I'm 19th. Big jump this week for me. Um, we had our, our leader, the real Jedi, only got four right this week. He's maintained his lead, but only by one. It's been cut. I think it was four last week. He was week, bitching was it about it too. Yeah, he was complaining because I think on Saturday, he's like, oh, I had three tips and I changed them all and they were all, I changed them all to wrong. So um, the only one I missed out was the doggies game. I think I tipped the doggies instead of the Knights, but otherwise got them all right. Um, now, so at 62 points, one point on top of the table, the real Jedi, followed by Williams 277 and Voodoo Rock on 61. A further point back, Animal NZ, Desi's Ducks, Boxcar Jason and Shell Gettys. And then another point back on 59 in 8th, we have Lynn. Then uh, back two more spots to 57 points. And it takes us through from 9th to 13th with Michael Darren 79, Aussie 11198, Dougie, Ben, Bend me like, Bend them like Fooey Fooey, and Unknown. So I think I went from about 30, 30 something to 19th. And I'm only like two points out of the, out, I think, out of the top 10, I think. I think I'm 55, 56, so yeah. Should be able to catch them and run them down this week and get into the top 10, hopefully. Um, now, uh, of course, we still have some of the Revelation shirts, hats and stubby cools left. We uh, offloaded another two of the Revelation shirts this week. So that takes... I think that is, has exhausted the allocation of mediums. I think we're out of mediums. We were getting fairly low. Yeah, I think that's the end of the mediums. And uh, I think we've probably got... Uh, we've got under half a dozen larges left and under half a dozen extra larges left. I think small's gone, 2XL's gone. Oh no, small, we've still a couple small, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, a couple small. So the numbers are getting very, very low now. So um, yeah, get in there, guys. Um, and of course, if you spend over 50 bucks, we throw in a stubby cooler for free as well. Plus we've got the caps and the, the flat brim caps and the curb brim baseball style caps. They're all awesome. Um, and it's good shit too. Flex fit, top quality. Fucking get in there. Um, and of course, the Tigers in Decline shirt, it's on its way. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait to have one of these shirts. It's going to be sensational. Oh, I can. Yeah. I can actually wait. You, you, can, you could actually wait. But uh, we did put it out there last week to people to say, um, you know, if you have any ideas, and we sort of put the, you know, the Tiger with the, the wooden spoon in its mouth up for, up for grabs. And we had um, Andy Kintz said, uh, for the Tigers in Decline, you should do a backwards evolution shirt. Start with a Tiger with a premiership and end with an emaciated Tiger. It would be a bad idea to like start with like a full tiger and then go down and you know end in like a little like a, a little kitten. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Uh, M- yeah, no, it'd be awesome. M fifty one. These guys are great. M fifty one avoider. How about a tiger sitting on a bench for the tiger in decline shirt? <laughs> and uh, your favourite, sweet Nigel B. And how about a tiger trying to climb? It a was a young nerd, Nigel B. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Thank you for the ideas, everyone, and uh, yeah, we'll take them under advisement, and uh, we'll get some ideas out there and some designs out there for people to maybe you know give the tick to or whatever, and yes, and whichever one wins wins. Um, now, finally, uh, giving away a snapback thanks to Southie's snapbacks, and um, incidentally, you got some snapbacks coming as well. Yes, just got a uh, a message from uh, Southie himself, the great man. Yep. Yep. Hit me up about Jackson's hat, so I've got to uh, sling him some coin for that. And um, yep, unfortunately, it's a Broncos hat. It is, yeah. It is, unfortunately. I mean, kid's nothing if not disappointing, but got to try and keep him happy. Apparently, that's my job as a parent. Yeah, and I mean, like our our comp is obviously based on on the NRL stuff, but 
if you're looking for a hat, he's got some awesome NBA shit there as well. I mean, I don't really have mm. an allegiance really to any NBA side in particular, but there's some cool looking ones that have come through uh, just in the last day or so as well. Um, and yeah, I'm thinking of picking some Jump up. Jump on there and check them out. They've yeah. got some good quality stuff. Yeah, get on Facebook. Southie Snapbacks on Facebook. And uh, he's on Instagram as well. But uh, it's good. To, yeah, he puts them up on Facebook and Instagram like the as new stock comes in and stuff like that. So um, it's good, you know, it, it's good to see the new ones coming in. And it's some good looking shit. And it's, and it's not really, you know, the stuff that you tend to, you know, it's not the same sort of stuff you always see. Yeah. There's like some cool designs. There is and, some, yeah, different some cool stuff. like variants as well with the NBA ones as well. I mean, you had the ones coming with a kind of a, like a, a light grey or you know, sort of white colour yeah. and like so they weren't like fully coloured up like the team's logos and stuff. So we've got a camo Chicago Bulls one, Winter yeah. City one, which yeah. looks pretty cool. All right. Um so anyway, we need a winner. So the winner is going to be we asked for the top five worst buyers and the best buyers of the season and the winner's gonna be John McCulloch, courtesy of Facebook and I don't we don't agree with it all, but um, you know, he he, he went to a bit of description and everything like that. So he said the worst buyers Cheekham, does he even have a first name? <laughs> I would argue that you know a guy that was bought out of Toyota Cup probably wasn't expected to be you know crack first grade and be a superstar this year. I mean, and he has been hampered by injury. In fact, he's had to he had an injury uh, in preseason which kept him out for the first couple of weeks of the comp, and he suffered an ankle injury that I think added maybe another five or six weeks to that. And I think he's probably got about three of those to go. So uh, we haven't seen him yet, but uh, we will, and he will get off that list for sure. T-Rex goes without saying. Josh Drinkwater. This dud can't get a run in a team full of duds. <laughs> uh, Brent Finch. Brett Finch, bought by Melbourne to bolster their New South Wales Cup side. And finally, Dave Taylor. Solid performances in the Queensland Cup. And his best buyers, Jimmy Maloney. This young Irish backpacker from New Zealand is making Mitchell Pearce look good. Sonny Bill Williams. No name. He's put SBW. No name, just three letters. Scott Prince. If he wasn't at the Broncos, how bad would they be? That's fairly debatable too, I think. I mean, he's a bit of a tight on a rope. Luke Lewis. Swapped fur for fins and has looked the goods. He's always looked the goods though, wherever he played. And finally, Albert Kelly. Former Charlestown Butcher Boys finding love on the GC. So, there you go. He's given us some snippets. He is giving us some snippets. And, so, uh, congratulations on your win. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and he actually did uh, did come back the next day and comment on his own post and said, "Okay, so I was hard on Finchy. Replace Finch with the Pommy backpacker Scott. Me fucked more." <laughs> so um, well, he has been a bit of a myth. He has been. So um, you know, you put some effort in there and you put some description in there. So congratulations to John McCulloch. What you need to do is email. You get us. to cover up part of your head on us. Exactly. So what you need to do is email us at hello at thisweekinleague.com and uh, send us your postal address and the team you support so we can send you out a fantastic snapback courtesy of Southie's Snapbacks. Okay, so that's it. We're done. Don't forget the question this week. We want to know who the worst buy ever is. You know the criteria. Don't just say Adam Blair. Well, yeah, and For fuck's sake. Yeah, if you truly believe Adam Blair, don't then Don't say just any Blair. other random Tigers player just to be cunts. Yeah, don't, don't do it. Don't say Brayton and because he hasn't done nothing. <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs> see ya.